get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Doesn't matter, ball four. I don't think anybody preparing for this one, evaluating this one, or previewing this one in any capacity wow. thought that Garrett Cole was going to be gone after two plus and 50 pitches. But that's exactly what's happened tonight. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kyle. All right, we're ready to have the conversation now. That audio courtesy of ESPN. Tire? What is so, you are? <laughs> yesterday. I got in trouble with the text line of 65780 because I mentioned, hey, it is possible. It's possible that the Cardinals are going to get into a situation where they've got to make a decision on whether or not to stick with Adam Wainwright about three, maybe four innings into the game. And then I'll be damned, Alex. Last night, the Yankees dealt with that exact same situation. And it was with Garrett Cole, who makes $36 million per year through the year 2028. A highly paid pitcher who was paid for games like that clearly was not himself, did not have his best stuff. And with the Yankees trailing three to nothing in the third inning, Boone decided to make the move. And it was the absolute correct decision. You had to get him out of there. The only decision that you could make there, and I thought he made it one batter too late, didn't end up mattering a whole lot, but I thought he was one batter too late making the move. But that's what you got to do in games like this. When it is a win or go home situation, there are going to be moments, whether it be for the Cardinals or for the Dodgers, there's likely to be a moment in tonight's game where you have to make a move that you are very hesitant to make because of how much you trust your guy. And you've got to be willing to make that move in that moment. Yeah, and I mean, look, Boston made the right move, too, because they got Evaldi out of there as soon as he gave up yep. that home run because it's like, nah, we ain't going to get into this situation. And I think there was a little bit of a fear factor there for Alex Cora because he's had games blow up in his face against the Yankees in the past. But I, I was so frustrated watching that Red Sox game because I'm with you. I thought Cole should have been out before he even saw Kyle Schwarber because it's like, man, it's two to nothing already. That guy had not had his stuff from the first pitch like he just didn't look right and it's like what like if we can see it the manager has to see it and I understand you have to stick with the guy because you know and I heard A-Rod talk about it on the broadcast because it's like look that's a lot to ask your bullpen 
to throw five innings when you're expecting your starter to go five innings. And you just didn't have it there. But I don't care. Welcome to the wild card. Yeah, it's what it is. If you want to go past the wild card, if you want to actually be in the postseason, no rules apply. Like it is fight club. Because as soon as... Wait, we can't talk about Fight Club. Wait, we can't? That's a rule. That's one of the rules. Is it? It's the yeah. first rule. Look, I always it's talk the only about rule. I always talk about Fight Club. Um, anyway, like as soon as your pitcher looks like his stuff isn't there, I don't care if it's the first inning, I don't care if it's the first batter. I'm going to somebody else. Yeah. Because I cannot afford to be down. And as soon as Bogarts hit that home run last night, it's like it's over. Because you could tell the Boston. Boston had it as soon as they hit that bomb. It's the team that gets the first run. They have the momentum, and it's tough to give that back up. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line from the 636. BK, you weren't in trouble for being prepared for a bad start. You got in trouble for doubting Wayno. I'm not doubting Wayno. I think is going to be good tonight. But I thought Garrett Cole was going to be good last night. I went into that game expecting him to be a really good starter because Garrett Cole is awesome, typically. And he was terrible last night. He didn't have his stuff. He was clearly, I don't know if it was physical, if it was mental, what it was, but there was something that wasn't right for him. And you could see it early on. And Adam Wainwright is a really good pitcher who had an excellent season, but he's had individual starts where it hasn't been there for him. And if that happens tonight, you got to be ready. Here's what Mike Schilt had to say about maybe getting into one of those spots yesterday when he was asked about it. My point being is in the game tomorrow, it's not like you're, you know, we trust Wayno. So we're going to trust and, and see how the game unfolds and evaluate it as it goes. Uh, clearly navigate it based on what we see. Um, but in those other two games, um, the, the games took different. But we went into last year's game three knowing that we were likely to have to go in. You know, we had Jack going, um, who we have confidence in as well. And then we got down and then we had to navigate the bullpen. He was talking about how this game compares to the other elimination games that he played in in game five of the NLDS and then last year in game three of the wild card round and then comparing that to his current situation. And he basically said, hey, we got Wayno on the mound this time around. That's what's different about it. I get it. And that is absolutely correct thing to say before the game. If he gets faced with a situation like we saw from the Yankees last night, though, I'm very curious, very curious if he's going to be willing to make the same move that Aaron Boone made in that spot. He's got to. But that's my one question that looms over this game. I hope he doesn't ever have to make that decision. I hope that Wayno's great. You get through six innings and there's not even a moment when you think about taking him out until you get to the back end of the bullpen. And now you're set up to go have a great series in the NLDS. I hope that's the case. But these are the types of conversations that you have to have prior to a win or go home scenario. And I just don't know. I don't know how Mike Schilt would have reacted in that exact same spot last night. Well, I hope Mike Schilt can react to the point that he knows that he has weapons behind Wayno, knowing that Dakota Hudson has looked good in his last three starts, knowing that you have a really tight bullpen in terms of Garcia and Gallegos and McFarland and Reyes and all the names that you can come up with. I hope that he knows that as soon as Wayno struggles, look, we respect the hell out of you, Wayno, but if you get to this point, we have to get into the bullpen. I really don't see that happening. I do think this is going to be a Wayno Scherzer Same. go the distance. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm with you, if I, if I was to map my biggest concern, it's Mike Schilt not knowing when to pull the trigger. So last night you got the Yankees eliminated. The Red Sox are moving on to the ALDS. The Cardinals play the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. 7-10 first pitch out in LA. Wayno on the mound against Max Scherzer. 
doesn't get a whole lot better than that. We're going to break things down with Tim Kirkshin of ESPN coming up in about 15 minutes or so. It's 11.08. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up next, we'll ask Katie Wu what her biggest insight was from what she heard from the players and the coaches yesterday. And are there any surprises she's anticipating from the postseason roster? We'll ask Katie Wu next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to more of it. It's BK and Ferrario live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend and the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She is Katie Wu joining us here on BK and Ferrario with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Katie, we appreciate you t- uh, hopping on with us today from sunny L.A. How you doing? What's up, guys? Happy wild card day. How was yesterday when you go through the car wash of everybody coming through with the interviews? Was anything interesting said, in your opinion? I think the most interesting thing for me was that I was actually at a press conference because we haven't done one of those. And I, like, I felt out of place. Like, uh, Mike Schultz was the first to go sit down at the podium, and I was like, oh, I should probably go put like my recorder on the desk like I, I did two years ago, you know? And it was just so so strange. Um, but, you know, you know, it's the typical, like, hey, we're addressing this. This is going to be on TV, so obviously nothing hard-hitting is going to be said. But, you know, let's talk about the vibes, I guess. That's pretty much what those press conferences are. But way better than Zoom. This is not a complaint by any means. They were way better than Zoom. Katie, did you feel like Ricky Bobby when you were in person and be like, I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> when I'm talking to you because it's been through Zoom for so long? Yeah, I was actually still raising my hand because, like, we have to do, like, the raise hand function on Zoom. And I was just like, okay, I, I'll, I'll just raise my hand in person, I guess, if, if I go now. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to do a lot better today. That, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we look forward to that. You know, Katie, I was, I was listening to uh, somebody talk earlier today on my way in, and they talked about the Dodgers practicing uh, after the Cardinals yesterday. They were talking about Albert Pujols at first base, you know, shagging some ground balls with Max Scherzer. Is that going to be the most interesting development in terms of this wild card game of what the Dodgers are going to do? Because the Cardinals lineup pretty much is set. We know what to look at, but the Dodgers have a big hole with no Max Muncy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really interesting problem because the Cardinals ha- or the Dodgers, excuse me, have so much depth. Yet there's a question mark on on who's going to play first. Obviously, the the thing that makes the most sense if everyone's having a normal production kind of year is you put Chris Taylor in center field and you move Cody Bellinger to first base. Now, Cody Bellinger, he's played with a lot of injuries. I'm not discrediting that talent. Obviously, a former MVP. Uh, but has not performed well at the plate this year. So he's almost a, a liability offensively when you're looking for what's potentially going to be a low-scoring game, right? So you could put Albert Pujols there, but look at his OPS against right-handers. Like, right around 500. That's not good either. And Matt Beatty, I think, has had made, made four starts since the All-Star break at first base. Um, usually a, like, defender, uh, like, late any defensive replacement. So there's options. Obviously, none of them as good as Max Muncy. I think what you're likely going to see is Chris Taylor in center and Cody Bellinger at first, uh, and then you'll leave. The Dodgers will probably leave Albert on the bench for like a late inning pinch hit opportunity. That that to me makes the most sense. But it's the wild card. You got to throw all hands on deck. So who actually knows what we're going to see on the Cardinals side? I think the only starting question is whether or not they go with Paul DeYoung or Edmundo Sosa. I've been under the impression that this is going to be Sosa's start because he's the guy that got him here. But uh, what are your anticipation levels for the decision at shortstop going into tonight? You know, I've always said this, and I know that there's there's disagreements. I think even BK, you might disagree with me here, but I probably. think that these two probably 
these two are pretty evenly defensively matched. I think oh. Paul DeYoung is a very solid defender, and I feel BK's wrath right now. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> fuming, Katie. He is it's, fuming. It's all right. Two people can watch the same thing and have different in, uh, interpretations of what it is. Whoa. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, That's baseball. We, we totally can. We totally can. But maybe, hopefully, BK will agree with me here. I think there's room for both guys on this roster. Sure. I think Sosa will get the start. You know, I, I think he's earned it. He also got the start Sunday. I know that there was a little bit of concern when he got hit by a pitch at Wrigley if he was going to make it back before the end of the regular season, but he did. He got the start on Sunday, and to me, that kind of signaled, okay, he's probably going to get the start Wednesday for this wild card game. Obviously, Sosa's a super dynamic player. He's exciting to watch. He gets on base strategically and creatively. He's not necessarily home run or power heavy like Paul DeYoung is, and I think that's why he would get the slight edge over Pauly D. It's just because when you're facing Max Scherzer, you got to get on base. And Enrico Sosa is great at getting on base. Um, however, having Paul DeYoung on the bench in need of a big hit in late innings, that's not bad either because Paul has actually swung the bat pretty well over the last two and a half weeks. And, you know, he's looked much better, more like a semblance of who the Cardinals expected him to be coming into the season than what the product actually was. Um, so I think that if you start Enrico Sosa, you're in good hands there because you had a guy that gets on base plays good defense, and if you need to swap them out, Paul DeYoung also plays good defense and can provide that late-inning power hit that the Cardinals might need. So, to me, it's kind of a toss-up. They'll probably go Sosa, but it's not a bad thing if you have to use both. It's actually a good thing. Katie, we, we haven't seen the rosters released yet. I would assume we're going to see that shortly, but I think that the bench is the most intriguing situation for the Cardinals because Juan Yepes's name was brought up to where he was with the team out in L.A., and a lot of mm-hmm. people are wondering if he is going to be an option off of the bench for this team in the wild card? You know, that's a great question. I think bench depth is, is obviously crucial, and I think that's where the Dodgers have an overwhelming edge is their bench depth. Um, you know, the Cardinals are, are likely going to leave some starters off this because you don't actually need, obviously, five starters in a one-game winner-take-all situation. So I think the bench depth will really come into play, and Juan Yepes is really interesting because he – I mean, not not very often do you see someone make their potential debut in a playoff situation. Um, but you got to go all hands on deck. I think Lars Newbar has done a really good job in his role as the fourth outfielder, as the you know kind of the the reserve. Has some power lately. He's a good left-handed option for a pretty right-handed dominant lineup. But it will be interesting to see how the Cardinals shake out their lineup. I know that they are expecting to carry Jack Flaherty. Mike Schultz said that on Sunday. There was a little bit of question based on how he was going to recover, but. That's a great weapon to have in, in your uh, bullpen. I know that's kind of weird to say when we think of Jack. We think of, like, that starting pitcher, the dynamic ace. But, you know, if Wainwright can go five or six and you immediately turn your, your bullpen over to get an inning of Jack Flaherty, that can be demoralizing to an opposing lineup as well. So lots of questions about the roster. I haven't seen it either. Uh, not like I'm, like, you know, refreshing my page every few minutes <laughs> or so. So I can finally go get breakfast. But um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll know soon. Katie Wu is our guest, Cardinals insider for The Athletic. Be sure to check out her work on The Athletic. You should subscribe over there. Her and Jeremy Rutherford are well worth the price of the subscription. You can also follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, I'm curious, when it comes to Dakota Hudson, what are your expectations for the way that he's going to be utilized, whether it be in this game or in the DS if they move on? Where are we at with his role on this team right now? I feel like this has been said by Mike Schilt a lot, so people are probably tired of me saying it, like reiterating it. Um, but it is the truth. It's very fluid for Dakota Hudson. You know, same thing with Jack. These are guys, two guys that were prized in their rotation in 2019. Looks to be a huge piece in 2022, so they kind of have to balance the immediate need to win with their long-term future. I think Dakota Hudson's in the reserve in case something goes very, very wrong with Adam today. 
Obviously, you know, the Cardinals and Adam Wainwright himself do not anticipate that happening. But if it does, I think Dakota Hudson is reserved so he could maybe be like a uh, multi-inning guy. We saw him do that in uh, Chicago when he was used after Jack Flaherty was used as an opener. Uh, Dakota Hudson's also looks really good. I know it's a small sample size. It's really soon off of Tommy John surgery. It's only been a little bit over a year, but he's looked really good. So I think if they need to, and their hope is that they don't, but if they absolutely need to, they can throw Dakota Hudson for a few innings. If they don't, I expect them to start either game one or game two of the NLDS. All right, Katie, have some fun with us here because BK and I discussed this yesterday with T-Bone, and we were trying to decide who would be the guy who comes up with the biggest moment for the Cardinals in this wild card game, or wild card game off of the bench. Some of us picked Carp, Some of us picked DeYoung. Of course, T-Bone sticks with his guy, Jose Rondon. <laughs> who do you think could have the biggest moment off of the bench? You know what? I, as you guys know, root for the story. And I remember Matt Carpenter had some fantastic quotes after Sunday's, like, I, I guess they did lose that game. I, you know, they like called it after the rain or whatever. And they did lose that Sunday game. Um, so he like sat down. This is where my mind is at, guys, right now. Um, sat down and said, you know, obviously the season has been really hard for him. He's had a reduced role. It's been really hard for him to kind of find sustainable success as a pinch hitter. And he said, I would trade it all to go to the postseason, have a couple big moments, and hope that the team wins. And I think when you say something like that, you kind of speak it into existence. So I'm, I'm going to put Matt Carpenter, big, big postseason moment off the bench, uh, a positive one, let's clarify that, a positive postseason moment off the bench because he said it himself, it would be worth all of the, the trials and tribulation that he went through this season. Katie, you, and you know what? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Jeez, BK. <laughs> I apologize. No, no it's continue. Fine, BK. I know you're mad at me about the yeah, that was, that was the cliffhanger. Come on, man. Um, okay, I'll keep going here. I apologize. <laughs> I'll power through. Katie, you have a lot of experience in the Southern California area. What what are your what are the expectation levels in L.A. going into this game? Because we've talked so much from the Cardinals perspective of what this game mm-hmm. means, what they're expecting. What is it like in L.A. right now leading into a one game playoff for a team that won 106 games this year? Um, you know, I think from a fan base perspective, they're pretty annoyed. Uh, can you imagine winning 106 games and not winning your division? And it's not because you didn't play great baseball because the Dodgers did play great baseball. The Giants just played great baseball for one more game. Um, and I think there's a little bit of, of nerves. Now, don't get me wrong. If you look at all the predictions from all the analysts and all the reporters who don't know anything like me, um, they're, they're all saying, you know, Dodgers win in the landslide. To me, I don't think you can definitively, definitively say that because it's one game and so much can happen in one game and so much is unpredictable about baseball. Like today, I, I just saw this, this stat from Eno Saris, one of my athletic coworkers, who's fantastic, and he says, you know, Cardinal starter Adam Wainwright still has one of the best curveballs in the game, as we all know, but the Dodgers this year were 27th in baseball against the curve per fan graph. So, like, stuff like that, that plays in for sure. Um, it's, I, you know... The wild card game is just so strange to me because I personally do not think that baseball should be de- decided by one game. I think it should be decided by a series. But I also think that's what makes this so intense. Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure that the Dodgers are feeling because they are favorites. They're not just favorites in this game. They're favorites to win the World Series. And it all comes down to execution for nine innings. Their 106 wins in the regular season could ultimately amount to nothing if they don't win tonight. And while the Cardinals, I'm not saying there's no pressure on them. Obviously, there is. They're coming in as the underdog. They're coming in knowing that the Dodgers feel that pressure, and I think they'll pounce on it. 
Katie, final one for me. Do you feel like that the winner of this wildcard game might have the clearest path to a World Series? Because, I mean, I know the Giants are a really good team as well. What, what 107 wins that they had this season? Um, but it just feels like the, the Brewers and Braves sides, none of those teams strike fear into me. It really feels like whoever comes out of this Dodgers-Cardinals game might be the clearest cut for a World Series. You know, I've said this before. I think that there's if you're this if you're the Cardinals, you have the hardest way to get to the NLCS. You have to get through the two best teams in baseball who have been the best teams consistently since opening day. You got to get through the Dodgers in one game. You also got to get through the Giants in three to five. Um, and the Cardinals and the Giants, as we all know, have some very storied postseason uh, rivalries. But if the Cardinals are able to get through the wild card, and I know we're supposed to take it one game at a time, but let's just be hypothetical here. If they get through the wild card, if they get through the DS and they take down the two best teams in baseball, I think they win the World Series because I, you're, you're right about the Braves. The Braves played in a weak division. I'm not doubting their talent there. The Brewers, they have great starting pitching. and The Cardinals have fared pretty well against them as of late. Uh, I, I really do think that if the Cardinals can somehow make it through this game and make it through the DS, that they'll be in the World Series, 100%. <laughs> now, of course, they got to get through today. Let's, let's preface with that. they got to get through today. It's fine. But it's fine. Think, you K- know. Katie, BK, for the last three days, hasn't even been acting like there is a wild card game. Oh, He's just on. assuming that <laughs> the on. NLDS is going to be happening. Some of us have money on the Cardinals to win the World Series in this room. Well, I don't have a betting problem. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on one today. I love it. <laughs> Katie, we appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy yourself out in L.A., and hopefully you'll be able to go home soon and uh, hang out in San Francisco for a few days. We're looking forward to it. Yep, let's get these rosters out because I really need to eat. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Just Katie Wu. Find her work over at The Athletic. Give her a follow on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, thanks for the time. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks, guys. Talk thanks, soon. Katie. Got it. It's Katie Wu joining us here, as always, on 101 ESPN. Man, I imagine, am. Imagine having to wait for a roster before you can go get breakfast. <laughs> right? God, I mean, that sucks. The life of a reporter. It, Man, it's, God there's bless There's a her. lot of benefits to it. There's yes. a lot of stuff that really stinks. <laughs> and having to wait for an hour after you expected the rosters to be out to be able to go eat food, that's part of the t- I can the only backlash. imagine, too, because like you know where you have to be up at a certain time the next morning, and you set the alarm, but you're worried you're going to miss the alarm? Yeah. So, like, I would imagine... Imagine that's Katie because she's expecting the roster to be out at a certain time. It's like, oh, I just need to be ready for this. Yeah. And then it just keeps delaying. Well, Mike yesterday, the, if you were looking at when the Yankees sent out their roster, it was like an hour ago from, from now. Yeah. And yet here we Come are on, with the Cardinals. Mike is just trolling Katie because she, he knows that she needs breakfast. Yeah, this is all Mike Schilt's fault. That's it, what's that, happening right you're now. You're blaming him too? Okay. I am. Coming up in it's about not 15 your job. Yeah, Thank I you, know. Mike. It's yours. Can you please send him out? <laughs> in about 15 minutes or so, we'll get into questions and answers. 65780 is the air comfort service text line. Coming up next, though, Tim Kirch and one of the best baseball riders in the country. Can't wait to talk to him about both what we saw last night in the AL wildcard game and what he's expecting from two historic franchises. We'll talk to Tim Kirkshin about this NL wildcard coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is exactly where you want to be listening to us. It's PK and Ferrario live from the Car Shield studio on 101 ESPN. Alex 
Ferrario. He's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Hoping to be joined by Tim Kirkchin here momentarily, hoping that he doesn't pull a John Mosaylock on us. Did you, did you hear that yesterday? No, so I you texted me about it. I was getting ready for pregame last night, and I didn't hear it. But then at the end of the show, I heard uh, Meat mention in his What Did We Learn Today? And he said that he learned that most stood them up probably because of their negativity. I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad as us trying to have a former Brewers outfielder on the show and it not being that former Brewers outfielder well, that we had on the show. Up. We yeah. got the wrong person on the show. Well, Moe's on the show, but he stayed on for about four and a half minutes and then said, hey, guys, I got to go. I've got a live TV interview to do. So he hey. left their interview to go talk to Channel 5. <laughs> it was amazing. Hey, and look, the fast lane is actually pretty optimistic about this Cardinals team compared to how we've been this year. We, we, oh, T-Bone. we, T-Bone, you hear this guy? He's we. trying to back off of the bandwagon that he said, oh, I backed up. I'm off of this team. I They're was done. off for like two weeks. You were never on. <laughs> no, you're right. You I never mean, joined well, the bandwagon. I joined, I joined at the end of August. That's when I officially joined. But yeah, yeah I was off of it for a while. Them to win the World Series back in May. Well, again, I don't have a gambling problem, man. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I have fair. a child now. Diapers cost money. So I think if you're looking at the Cardinals roster decisions going into today, and we'll hopefully talk with Tim Kirkshen here momentarily. We're trying to get him on the line. But if you're looking at the Cardinals roster decisions going into the wild card round, I do think there are some intriguing possible decisions here. Alex, I'm going to say the names that I think are guarantees to be on the roster. And you tell me if there's anybody. You stop me if there's somebody that you think should not be on this list of guarantees. Okay. okay. Pitching-wise, I think right-handed, you're going Flaherty, Gallegos, Garcia, Hudson, Reyes, Wayno, Whitley. Do we all agree that those seven right-handed pitchers are guaranteed to be on the roster? Yes. I'm a little hesitant with Whitley, but I think you have to have him on there. I'd be surprised if he's not. Cabrera McFarland, do you agree? Lefties, 100%, yes. they're going to be on there. Okay, so that's nine pitchers that I think are going to be on there. You've probably got two or three spots left for Hap, KK, Lester, Michaelis, Miller, and Woodford. So those six guys basically can take up two to three spots, and we don't have a roster yet for the wild card game, but I think those are going to be the most intriguing storylines as we uh, continue to find out what they're going to do there. Right now, we are very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. We'll talk decisions on the roster coming up here in about 10 minutes or so, but right now we're joined by Tim Kirchin, right writer for ESPN.com, one of the best baseball analysts in the country. He does so for ESPN. Tim, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us on what I would imagine is a very busy day for you. How are you doing today? I'm great. These wild card games, I know they're really unfair, but they're really good. I was in Boston last night for the Yankees and Red Sox, and I will be in Bristol, Connecticut, watching the Dodgers Cardinals tonight, and I can't wait. Tim, I know when we talked to you before the season and we've talked with you, I, I do a show with Danny Mack, the Cardinals broadcaster here in St. Louis, and we've talked with you before about uh, going to games and not being able to do that both last year and for much of this season. What was it like for you to just be back in a ballpark for a playoff setting last night in Boston? Well, it was fantastic. And we did baseball tonight from the field uh, for two hours. And so there were on the field like five minutes before a winner-take-all game is going to take place. It was rocking. It was great. And I said, and I like everyone else, this is it. It's back. This is so different than last year, which was great baseball, but it's not the same atmosphere. It's not the same ambiance without the fans in the stands and Fenway was so alive last night. And just like Dodger stadium is going to be alive 
tonight, just like every ballpark's going to be alive, unlike last year. So it was such a great reminder of what I say all the time. There is no substitute for being at the ballpark. And I was at a ballpark last night, and it was glorious. Tim, watching that game last night, and I know wild card games, anything can happen. We've seen crazy outcomes of them. But as soon as Xander Bogarts hit that home run last night, it felt like it was done for the Yankees. Now, I'm not sure your view on that because you were there in terms of atmosphere. But for me watching, it felt like the Yankees were done as soon as he hit that bomb. Well, I didn't see it that way, but it sure ended up that way. And it's just another reminder that the Yankees can be pitched to if you pitch them well, as Native Aldi did last night. That was the 70th game last year, this year that the Yankees have scored three runs or fewer. And if you pitch them properly and they're not swinging well and they did not swing very well last night against Aldi, you can not only hold that team down, you can beat that team. And the Garrett Cole factor, I'm just not sure how that happened. This is why they signed him. And he threw 50 pitches last night in the biggest game of the season. Sorry, that's just not good enough. So that was a a stunning turn last night. I just didn't see that coming and Cole being out that early and the Red Sox being ahead that early. Is this a reminder for Cardinals fans? Like, I I don't know about you, Tim, but I went into that one last night. Okay, J.D. Martinez not in the lineup for the Red Sox. You've got Evaldi going up against Garrett Cole. This feels like a mismatch to me. I picked the Yankees. I thought they were going to win that game, and it felt like they were the clear favorite. And then you go into it, and you watch it for a little while. It's like, oh, no, the favorite in this one is the Red Sox. Is that a lesson to be learned for some Cardinals fans going into the game tonight against the Dodgers where, I mean, everybody and their mother is picking the Dodgers to win this one? Right. The the lesson to be learned is there are no mismatches in baseball. There never have been. And that's the ultimate beauty of the game. When I was a beat guy, we used to call them reverse locks. Like Roger Clemens in his prime would face some terrible Orioles pitcher that I was covering the Orioles. And I would think the Orioles have no chance to win this game. And then they would win the game. It only happens that way in baseball. And that's the ultimate beauty of it. Yes. The Yankees had a clear advantage to me last night with their bullpen and with Garrett Cole and other things, and the Red Sox won instead. So, yes, the Dodgers are the prohibitive favorites to win the World Series, I believe, and to win this game. But anyone who thinks they actually know what's going to happen tonight, that's the best part about tonight. Something will happen that will make us slap our foreheads and say, hey, we didn't see that. That's why the game is so great. Well, Tim, I think a lot of Cardinals fans are hoping that that uh, that forehead slapping moment is Max Scherzer getting beat up in the first inning. Now, it seems like it's impossible to do because Scherzer in playoff games always seems to be dominant. But is that the matchup that you're looking forward to of this Cardinals offense that was so high powered in September going up against possibly the best trade deadline acquisition ever, Max Scherzer? Right. And I think he's going to win the Cy Young. He or Corbin Burns will win the Cy Young. He loves this stage. He's been a very good big game pitcher. But you're right. Max Scherzer could give up. I'm just saying two home runs in the first three innings because that's what the Cardinals have done for the last month is hit the ball out of the ballpark. And then everything changes again. So do I think Scherzer wins tonight? Yeah, I do. But to to say that this is some sort of lock is ridiculous. Look who's pitching 
for the Cardinals. I mean, my goodness, that guy has had a Cy Young season in a lot of other seasons, but there's been so much overpowering pitching this year from Scherzer, Burns, and Walker Bueller and others. Adam Wainwright is not going to win the Cy Young, but I'd trust him with anything at this point, given his savvy, his guile, his understanding, his, his track record in the postseason. So if he threw a gem tonight and the Cardinals locked down the, the Dodgers, I wouldn't be surprised at all. This is what baseball is all about. The last team, say, to make the playoffs never went into Chicago Stadium and beat Michael Jordan's Bulls, and it's impossible that could happen. But in baseball, anything is possible, and the Cardinals are just as likely to win as anybody else. We're talking to Tim Kirkshin for another few minutes here on 101 ESPN. Of course, find his work on ESPN.com and on ESPN. Tim, going into this game, I think one of the biggest decisions for either team is what the Dodgers decide to do at first base. They're going to be likely without Max Muncy in this game. What are you expecting? Do you think they go with Bellinger there? Do they go with the sentimentality of Pujols? What, what are you expecting from the Dodgers as they try to solve their first base problem going into tonight? Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, and I'm fascinated by this decision. Now, Cody Bellinger certainly is an option. He can play first base, but he has had a really disappointing season, and he just hasn't been the same player he was when he won the MVP in 2019. So part of me says, well, you go with the right, the left-handed hitter and get him in there against Adam Wainwright uh, because Cody Bellinger's had trouble with the with the fastball this year and Adam Wainwright doesn't throw ninety five like everybody else. And yet Albert has had trouble with, with hard stuff also, but he has really hit hard off speed stuff and that's what he's gonna probably see more of from Wainwright. So part of me says Dave Roberts has to say, I'm going with Karma here. I'm gonna put Albert in against his old team, the team he knows so well and he's got one more big start left in him. And the other part of me says he's going to go with the left-handed hitter, the younger guy, the better defender at first. So I don't know what he's going to do, but my guess is uh, that for the drama of it, he should start Albert at first. Tim, what's your intrigue level from the Cardinals' bullpen situation? And again, we're waiting to find out what this roster looks like, but two guys that I'm not sure Cardinals fans or anybody on the national side expected to be factors in this one might be big factors in terms of Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson. Yeah, this is an all-hands-on-deck, and Flaherty will likely be available tonight, as he should be, because you got to win this game, obviously, if you're going to get to the next game. Um this Cardinal bullpen has confused me all season. As you <laughs> guys too, know, Tim. us too, Tim. St. Louis better than anyone. I've never seen a more, well, not unreliable bullpen, but there were good numbers and good pitchers in that bullpen. And yet, when it came time to get somebody out, they walked somebody with the bases loaded in the most important time. And yet, that bullpen has been really good for a month and a half. And if you can add. Hudson and Flaherty to that bullpen in what could be, who knows, they might use eight relievers tonight. You never know. I think you have to try everything you can get to try to get an out here, an inning there, and I'm just fascinated to see what Mike Schilt does with his bullpen tonight. Tim, am I mistaken, or were you part of the ESPN broadcast when the Cardinals walked like 100 batters in the eighth inning against the Braves? You were on that game, weren't you? 
No, I did that game between the Cardinals and the Cubs that might have been the worst baseball game I've ever covered in my life because poor John Gant couldn't throw a strike. That's the one. And every other pitcher that came in hit a batter with the bases loaded. It was it was a 3-2 to two game in 10 innings between two arch rivals in a pennant race, and it was a terrible game because both teams tried to lose it so many times. But the point is, since then... The Cardinal bullpen has become so much more reliable, and they have violent stuff in that bullpen, and they should be better, and now they are. So that's the intriguing part of the Cardinals. If their bullpen is way more reliable than it was three months ago, why can't they be a factor in the postseason? Tim, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for hopping on with us in the midst of this playoff run. Hopefully we'll talk with you again soon if this team's able to go on a run and plays in the DS or potentially even the CS. Okay, guys. Thanks. See you. Absolutely. Tim. That's Tim Kirkshin, one of the best in the business. And God, I love that one guy. Of, one of my favorite baseball people. Anytime that you just want to get excited about baseball, uh, talk to Tim Kirkshin for five minutes and you will be excited about whatever is coming up. He's he's absolutely incredible. And man, he's right. Like, he is able to say it and contextualize it in a way that we cannot because of the history that he has just in his mind. But anything can happen tonight. Matt Carpenter might be a hero. You might see Harrison Bader take over this game. Maybe it's on the other side. Maybe it's one of the, the backup players that here in LA or in St. Louis we're not as familiar with as the Dodgers fans are. Uh, maybe it ends up being a night where Tommy Edmond leads off the game with a home run. We have no idea what's going to happen in a game like this. And I got to be honest, Alex, this is why I like the wild card one game scenario. I know there's a lot of people that hate it, and I get it. It's completely unfair. The 106-win Dodgers going up against the 90-win Cardinals who just barely were able to sneak into the playoffs at the end of the season, that's completely unfair to the Dodgers. I get that. But, man, is this not fun? Is this not great theater, what we're about to watch tonight? I, I love it, personally. This is the, mo- this is the mo- most highly anticipated game, not a World Series game for the Cardinals, that I can remember in a long time. Like I have I said never, earlier, since twenty like twenty sixteen, I think was the last time that I was this excited about a Cardinals playoff. Yeah, I mean, what was twenty sixteen? I don't even know if I was as excited. That was the team that ended up losing to the Cubs in the postseason, right? Yeah. I'm mistaken I on that. I believe so. Sixteen yeah. Fifteen, yeah. yeah did they missed in sixteen. Yep. yep. I, honestly, I gotta go back to, to twelve or thirteen for the last time that I was this excited about a team. Uh, and and maybe it's because it's Scherzer versus Wayno. Maybe it's because I do really think that if the Cardinals win this World Series game or this Wild Card game, that they're going to the World Series. But I have never been this excited for a Cardinals game in a really long time. I mean, nearly ten years yep. it's been since I've been this excited. I'm I'm totally with you, man. I I love the Wild Card. I really do. I I again, it's unfair, absolutely. But yeah, but last night, last night's a perfect example of it not being unfair. Like, those two teams are so evenly matched. That was exciting. I'm with you. That That is a little different to me. What you're watching today, like, the, the Dodgers would have won the NL Central or the West by, like, 10 games. You don't like it play <laughs> better, just, as BT they says. They happened to play in the best division in the sport, and as a result of that, they're playing in a one-game setting where it could be over in three and a half hours for them. And that sucks for the Dodgers, but, hey, tough, man. Th- this is part of what makes baseball so great. And I I cannot wait to watch what we're about to witness tonight. Guys, Mike Schilt is going to wait until like 
5.30 to release the rosters. Yeah, what the hell? This was supposed to be out like an hour ago. But Mike! As, <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike! As we uh, get the roster, we will certainly relay it to you. Coming up next, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Questions and answers coming on 101 ESPN. You've got questions. We may have the answers. Maybe? Text now to 65780. It's BK and Ferrario's questions and answers on 101 ESPN. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions and answers coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Don't kid yourself, friends. Home runs still play in the postseason. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But right now, let's get to some questions and answers from the 314. Hey, guys, it is officially wild card day. What is your confidence level at for the Cardinals on a scale of 1 to 10 going into tonight? I think I'm at like a six, six and a half, seven. I thought you were about to say zero. No, God, no. Uh, it's a little above 500 because I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. The first inning is the one that I'm looking at the most. Like, I really am because if they can do what Boston did in the face, if, if they could do what Boston did last night, I, I'm going to like, I'm going to be ecstatic. But I mean, you can never consider it a, a finished game, although I did think the Red Sox were done. So I'd put it at about a six and a half. I think I'd price it about there. Six and a half, seven. That's about where I feel. I do have some concerns. I know that we've talked about, you know, Scherzer's had the blow up in his last two starts. I have concerns that he's not going to have one of those. And then I have concerns that, you know, I thought Wayno had looked okay in his last two starts. He looked really good against the Brewers, but the one before that he had struggled. So I have some concerns with that. And then the offense just being able to hit Scherzer. But overall, I have to say that I do feel pretty good. Ryder's enjoying this one. We, we can't, we can't send it to him because he knows how to set these up now. He didn't know this was going to be a question. Yeah, he did. I guarantee he did. He knew literally that it, came in from the text line. Yeah, but he knew as soon as it comes to him, he's going to find a way to turn this into I feel good about okay. it. Okay. Nailed it. <sighs> Damn it, T-Bone. I, I, I am going to get in trouble for this. I'm at like an eight. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you were gonna say less than a five. It's a problem. I'm I feel really good about 10. this game, man. I... Oh, that's the wrong song. Dang it! I was well, supposed not... to be. I feel good again. Well, that's more than a feeling. It more is more than, than a feeling. feeling. I believe no, in this a, team. No, it's. I really it's do, man. I. I don't know how you can go into a one-game setting with Goldie and Arenado and O'Neal and not feel good about your chances. Are you forgetting? With Wayno and Yachty in a big game in October, man, get out of here. Are you forgetting about who's on the mound on the other side? I don't care. And you who's literally, in the Cy Young could be on the mound for the other team, and I'd feel good about my Jesus, my chances you in were this just, one. My God, this is just the ultimate PKO. Uh, we can't fix this, T-Bone, because we tried to fix this in the past when we all agree upon something, and we will not agree with this. I literally it's told you now. two months ago that the, nah. Month no. and a half ago. Month and a half ago that the Cardinals were going to make the playoffs. You got mad at me. You never jumped on the bandwagon. Look where they you are. Jumped you jumped off the damn that. bandwagon. You, you literally drove that bandwagon into a ditch and said, I'll leave it there to burn up. We got it towed. I called AAA. They made sure to change the tire for me because I can't do that. And we got back on the highway. And now we're we're driving on the highway straight down 70 
out to Los Angeles. Yeah, but you're driving like 95 and just assume no cops are going to pull you over. uh, T-Bone and I are just, we're going to go the speed limit because we just want to get there. Yeah, well, this is the difference between the two of us. Well, you know what happens when you do that? You hit a roadblock and then you flip the car. It's going to be exciting, though. Can be a hell of a lot of fun on the way. Break your damn arm. Five seven eight zero is the air comfort service sex line. Four questions and Someone said answers. I'd feel good if Cy Young was on the mound too because he's dead. <laughs> okay, well, that would that would certainly help. All right, peace, Cy. Uh, from the six one eight. Hey guys, would you have liked to have seen some speed coming off of the bench for the Cardinals in the wild card? And if so, who could have been an option for that? I'll go ahead and answer this one. What do they mean? So like a, a when the rosters are out, a, yeah, against. a guy that's a pinch runner that could come oh. in late in the game. Nick Plummer being out there was really interesting to me. He's a guy that stole about 15 bags this year down in in AAA. If you could have that kind of speed coming off of your bench, a guy that's a really good base runner, I do think that's a really intriguing option for this team. I don't think they're going to add him to the roster. It sounds like he didn't even take batting practice yesterday. He's probably there just as like a congratulations for a good year. Here, come hang out with the big league club and experience what postseason baseball is like in the big leagues. I'm guessing that's why he's there. But he is the type of player that I would like to add to a, a wild card roster in particular. I don't think you can carry that guy in the DS or the CS when you need more pitchers, but in a one game setting where you can reset the rosters for the NLDS, he's the type of player that I would like to see on the roster whenever it is released. I think you got plenty of speed right now, and I understand it needs to be coming off of the bench in a pinch hitting situation, but man, I mean, you have so much speed threat in your lineup then I would hope that that just takes advantage of the scenarios for you. And look, I mean, if Paul DeYoung does start in this one where Katie Wu said that they're very similar and look, like it or not, Paul DeYoung has good numbers against Max Scherzer. Whatever it may be, he has good numbers against Max Scherzer. Edmundo Sosa coming off the bench, Jose Rondon coming off the bench. Those are two really fast individuals for you. And Lars Newbar. Are you jumping on the poly? No, I'm not. No, no. I'm not. If I see that, I'm going to be so frustrated. No. I I am interested because you mentioned the speed. The only guy you said the lineup's got speed. The only guy I can think of off the top of my head would be Yachty. What if he gets to second and it's like, you know, the ninth inning, you're down one. Then you probably want to pinch run. Do you pinch run with Kisner if he's the only catcher on the roster? Or do you carry Sanchez? But then you probably have to carry someone else like a Justin Williams for speed. I wouldn't pinch run Kisner. I would pinch run one of my guys off the bench. And then Kisner would go in as your catcher. Potentially. Yeah. Or, or the, if you don't have that guy that has the speed coming yeah. off of the bench, that's when you would go with Kisner, and then the third catcher becomes an important. Guy. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like emergency. I don't know if I I don't know if Schilt would burn the catch the backup catcher and Kisner because in case Kisner gets hurt, who's the emergency catcher if you don't, I, I don't have Sanchez? Th- I don't think you pinch run for Yadi until it's the seventh inning or later. I agree. And yeah, that's what you're tied. Yeah. Uh, one piece of news to pass along here: the Rosters? Bears. The Bears have just. The Justin Fields will be the starter for the remainder of the season. So Matt Nagy trying to keep his job. Matt Nagy is no longer pulling the nonsense of pretending that Andy Dalton is a capable NFL starter. And now he's going to go with Justin Fields for the rest of the year. This always made sense. I don't understand why they had to do the song and dance with Andy Dalton to begin with. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kiley. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so, a wildcard edition of More Likely to Happen. You give us two scenarios. We'll tell you which one is more likely. But coming up next, don't kid yourself. We saw it last night. We've seen it in every postseason in recent years. Home runs, that's how you score in the playoffs. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. Giving you the picture, the real big St. Louis sports picture. It's BK and Ferrario, live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN.
pitch. Bogart sends a drive to center field and deep. Gardner turns around and watches it fly. Oh, high and deep out to right field. Judge back and watching, and it's gone. He got him as a Cub in 2015, and he got him as a Boston Red Sox tonight. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. That's what it sounded like last night as the Red Sox take down the Yankees in the American League wild card game. And last night was yet again a reminder of the importance of home runs in the postseason, Alex. If you're looking at what teams that have won the home run battle in any individual game have done in the postseason, they win about 75% of the time over the last 25 years. The team that out homers its opponent wins 75% of the time in the postseason and this is also how teams are scoring their runs in the playoffs now as you get better pitching it gets more and more difficult to manufacture runs it makes sense anecdotally and then you look into the numbers and for the first time ever in baseball history last postseason the majority of the runs were scored via home run more than 50 percent of the runs scored last year were scored via home runs and if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic about the cardinals going into this postseason There was no team in the National League that scored more home runs or hit more home runs in the month of September than the Cardinals. They are suddenly a power hitting team. And we said we mentioned this with I think it was uh, Mike Petriello last week who said the one thing that sometimes gets to Scherzer is a home run ball. It's like the only thing that can ever get to him. If you're the Cardinals and you're going into tonight's game, the way that you win this one is guys like Tyler O'Neill and Goldie and Arenado, those big bats that you have in the middle of the order, those are the guys that are going to have to come up with a big swing tonight because that's how you win in the postseason. And more specifically, that's how you win against Max Scherzer. Yeah, as you're saying this uh, up on SportsCenter, Jessica Mendoza is talking about it, and they just showed video of Tyler O'Neill, and he's the one that I think is going to have a big game if that is the case. And I go back to what Matt Adams, Big City, told us yesterday when we interviewed him, and he said the way to get to Max Scherzer is frustrate him too. Right, fouling off pitches and continuing to just battle in that count because what he wants is a strikeout. And if you continue to foul off the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh pitch, and he's already at 10 pitches in a player, well, he's going to start to get ticked off. And what happens when you get mad? Well, usually you make a mistake. And that's where I think the Cardinals can capitalize. So as much as we want to see the home runs, it's such an interesting development because all season long, BK, what were fans frustrated by? The fact that the Cardinals were patient at the plate mm-hmm. and taking pitches and sitting there and watching pitches. I know you want to be aggressive, but if you got a Max Scherzer who's also being aggressive, I wonder if the if the mentality in tonight's game turns into let's piss off Scherzer a little bit. Let's go for that power. Let's go for that long ball and get underneath the skin. But let's work the count. Let's fell off some pitches, and let's see if that'll get under Scherzer's skin. Because as soon as he makes a mistake, man, Cardinals can make you pay. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line from the 573. Guys, but didn't the Cardinals also manufacture a lot of runs along with the home runs? A lot of the the success that they had was moving the runners over, base hits, doubles, etc. Don't only rely on the home run in the postseason. That could be a fool's errand. I'm with you. Yeah, you've got to have all of it. And if the Cardinals go on a run this postseason, you'll see all of those different things. But it's harder to do that. It's harder to consistently run through that order in the postseason than it is against the middle of the rotation types of starters that you'll see in the regular season. Some of the back end starters that you would see in a Thursday night game against the Phillies or um, the Padres or whomever, those guys don't pitch 
in the playoffs. You just don't get opportunities against them. So when you're going up against Max Scherzer or Kevin Gossman or uh, Bueller or Woodruff, Burns, like those guys are really hard to hit. And so the way that it is easiest to score against them is with the home run ball. So that's why for the Cardinals, who have a bunch of big boppers in the middle of their order now that they haven't had in the past, that's going to be the most effective way, especially tonight, for them to be able to score. I know it's tough to rely so much on the home run ball, but that's kind of where the Cardinals are probably going into this game against Max Scherzer. Yeah, going to have to have that good mix of it because, like you said, it's just really difficult to string together hits. The, the single basically has to become a double by whether it be someone tries to stretch it out like Tommy Edmond tries to leg it out or Bader tries to leg it out or they try to steal second base. But getting a single is very hard off of them. That's why the extra base hit's so key, and that's why you I, – I can't remember the numbers exactly, but I believe it's like eight of the last ten World Series champions have been top five in slugging. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they're successful in the playoffs is because they're able to do what you're talking about. They they may not be able to string together a rally, but if they get a chance, maybe it's, they get a walk, well, then they get that run in by hitting the home run ball. And I, I think – the way the Cardinals are playing and the way, as you mentioned, the middle of the order is hitting, I, I, I see them kind of, I don't want to say teeing off tonight, but I can see one of them hitting that big home run that either turns momentum or puts the momentum in the Cardinals' favor. By the way, guess where the Cardinals rank in the second half of the season in slugging percentage? Please say first. Fifth. Good enough. Second half of the season. I mean, Not that's, that's a pretty decent sample size there. Not We're talking about sure like 80 ask. games where they're one of the five best teams in the sport when it comes to their slugging percentage. There are no National League teams in the second half that have been better than them. They're tied atop the list with the Cincinnati Reds. So you have the slugging to be able to win in this style of game. And we've seen it happen for them in that 17-game stretch. I mean, I, I think back to specifically that that series at Wrigley. And I know Wrigley's a little bit of a different animal, but Dodger Stadium does tend to play a little bit more hitter-friendly. That's the kind of game that you might be able to expect tonight. Not that high scoring, but where a lot of the runs are coming via the long ball. Yeah, see, the other thing that makes me a little concerned about this game is the opposite of the long ball with the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers are notoriously, I mean, yes, they have the power, but you take Max Muncy out. They they seem like a team that's just going to be doing a lot of hitting and running, a team that's going to be trying to take that extra base on you, especially with Adam Wainwright on the mound. And when you look at the speed that they have, Trey Turner specifically off the top of that order, I mean, that's a guy who can turn a single into a triple in a heartbeat. So as much as you want to see the Cardinals with the power and the long ball, the Dodgers seem like a team that might play small ball with you, which I wonder how the Cardinals can adapt to I don't that. Know if that's going to work against this defense. If you try to play small ball against this Cardinals defense, I think it's going to come back to burn you. Um, And and they might try, but I I think the Cardinals are more athletic. If you're looking athlete for athlete, like going around the diamond, I would take the Cardinals athleticism as a team over the Dodgers athleticism. They're the team that is more well-served for that type of a game. But I also saw this stat a little bit ago on Twitter. Somebody put this out, and I think it came from Eno Saris, if I'm not mistaken. He said that the... Dodgers this year are 27th in baseball against the curve, 27th against curveballs. They're going up against one of the five best curveball pitchers in all of baseball, starting things off tonight with Adam Wainwright. So uh, if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, more reasons to be optimistic about the Cardinals, uh, that is certainly one that would potentially come into mind. A little bit more NFL news to pass along for you guys. The Carolina Panthers are becoming a really interesting team, Alex. They have just traded a 2023 sixth round draft pick. So not this upcoming draft, but two years from now, sixth round draft pick to the New England Patriots for Stephon Gilmore. Wow. That's the same trade return 
that they got for Sony Michelle. And uh, I think it's less than they got for Sony Michelle, right? No, I thought they I thought got a sixth. Fifth. Maybe it was. Maybe it may a fifth. But, I can't remember. Well, regardless, I mean, that's an all-pro cornerback for yeah. you. I mean, don't, don't forget, Carolina also made a move for Jacksonville's top corner. Yeah, C.J. Henderson. Two weeks ago. And if they get J.C. Horn back, who was only supposed to be out, what, four to six weeks? <sighs> Carolina is going to be a tough team. Yeah, they got a fifth and a sixth-round pick in this year's draft for Sony Michelle. So they got even less wow. for... Uh, Stephon Gilmore, they were planning to cut him, but then as teams got word that he was potentially going to be available, uh, a lot of them, I would imagine, offered a, a package for him instead. So the Panthers are able to get Gilmore in on a, what is a one-year contract yeah. that they'll be able to have him on. And McCaffrey apparently is back at practice today, too. The Panthers are a really interesting team, man. That, wow. that is a big get. He's not available for them. Stephon Gilmore isn't until week six. He's on the PUP right now, so he can't even practice until week six. So it's going to be at least a few weeks before we see him in a Panthers uniform. That's a big-time deal. You're able to get him. You get C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn maybe potentially available down That's the stretch. Scary. Uh, they're they're building something in Carolina right now. And if you're watching for next offseason, potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers, or if everything gets not cleared up, but if, if Deshaun Watson becomes available on the field, uh, those those two would could do worse than think, going to Carolina. You think they do that even if Sam Darnold plays well for him this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold's great, but... I, or has been great so far this year. But if you've got the opportunity to upgrade to Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, yeah, they mm, I'm sticking make with Darnold. Move. Oh, I you tell me I've got an opportunity to go get Aaron Rodgers, one of the Sorry. five best quarterbacks in the last twenty years. Darnold's my <laughs> I'm guy. Go ahead and get that guy. Darnold's my guy. Sammy with, D. With Alex Ferrario, Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up next, six five seven eight oh is the air comfort service tax line. You give us two scenarios for this wild card game, we will tell you which one's more likely to happen. Coming up next on one oh one ESPN. What's more likely to happen? They'll figure it out. BK and Ferrario's most likely to happen. Six five seven eight zero is the air comfort service text line for more likely to happen. You give us two scenarios for the wild card game tonight. We'll tell you which one is more likely. Let's start with this one from the three one four. Hold on, they didn't re- release the rosters, but we have a lineup. We have a roster. Wait, what? We have a roster. A roster this is has the lineup been set. Game. This I understand. Is the lineup game. We're playing the roster game. We need a different sounder so for it. To be the I've bat. never heard of this. Play this magic moment. I've never heard of this <laughs> roster. <laughs> this magic moment. The lineup game that you're referencing, I've never heard of. Yeah, me neither. It's new to me. This is the roster game where we guess who made the Cardinals wild card game roster. This is a terrible idea. I will tell you this. We mentioned nine pitchers earlier today that were guarantees. They're all on it. Right. I wasn't the listening. nine guys that I we thought. I wasn't listening either. I'll give you, I'll give you these nine. Okay. Flaherty, Gallegos, Garcia, Hudson, whoa, whoa, whoa. Reyes, Wayno, Whitley. Those are your right-handed pitchers. That's, all on it. I can't hit that. That's way too fast, man. Cabrera, McFarland. They're on it Again, as well. Way too fast. Those are your pitchers. You're starting starting eight, they're all on it. Your bench that you used to have, they're all on it. So there's 13 position players that were guaranteed that we knew going into this one that had been on the 26-man roster. Okay. They're on the roster. So there's four more guys. Four more spots that we're guessing here. I just wanted to get those out of Can the way. Can you tell us how many position, how many pitchers? No, because that'll give it away too much. So the guys that we mentioned earlier oh, that so you're... Okay, go ahead. I mean, I can give you the guys no, no, that you're no, potentially fine. guessing it's on. Fine. 
So the other remaining roster spots could go to Hap, KK, Lester, Michaelis, Andrew Miller, Woodford, Sanchez, Williams, or Yepes. Those are the nine guys that could potentially be be available for four Williams, spots. Williams, Sanchez, Yepes. Those are the only three position players, and then the rest are pitchers. Correct. Okay. Are you thinking who I'm thinking right off the bat? Sanchez. Oh. We weren't on the same thing, no. but yeah, Sanchez. I, I'm going to get this out of the way and say Sanchez because I think Sanchez is on this roster. Mm, nope. Really? Wow. No third catcher. All right, Andrew Kisner, you're not going to play at all tonight, so just Sorry, watch from the bench. We'll text wow. back and forth during the game. Okay, so no Sanchez. No Ali Sanchez on the playoff roster or on the wild card okay, game now, roster. What I was actually thinking yeah, who are you was, going? yep, 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 yes. See, I don't think he's on this. Oh. I don't think he's on this. Let's do this I thing. don't. I don't really either, but I kind of want to say I believe name. Andrew Miller is going to be on this because he's a, he's a, he's a veteran, lefty. You're going to reward him for this season. Show me Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller is on the playoff roster. All right, now show me Justin Miller. Just kidding. Don't show me Justin Miller. He's hurt. He's hurt. Oh, okay. He's unavailable. All right, so if Andrew Miller's on here, you're going to go. I don't think. Okay, so let's rule out out a couple pitchers. I don't think Michaelis. I don't think Hap. I don't think it's going to be Hap or KK because that's three lefties. I don't think it's going to be Hap or KK. See, I think you carry KK. No way. Unless you're carrying KK just to say, hey, KK, sorry we took the starter role away from you. Yeah, I mean, you could be a part of the roster. I mean, we're not going to do that. We literally just said they're bringing guys up to celebrate and be on the taxi squad. They're doing the Lion King. One day, what you see is what shall. I don't remember how the quote was. That was embarrassing for you. Anyway, um, I think it's going to be Mikeless from what BT said the other day. I guess Mike, if he's you on want to try Michaelis? Yeah. All right, show me Michaelis. Michaelis is on the roster. Oh, he's a bunter. BT, That's right. BT crushed it, man, with his bunting breakdown a couple of days ago, man. 100% right now. I'm excited to see if they use him in that role. remaining. You have guessed two of the pitchers that are on the roster, Michaelis and Andrew Miller. So it's going to be another pitcher. I think it's KK. If you're going to go four lefties, there's no way you use four lefties in I, this I game. I mean, I'm not saying you use KK. I'm Who saying are the KK other relief is- pitchers you'd go with? I mean, you could go Woodford. For the other Lane. pitchers See, that think are it's gonna be on Woodford. this list, Hap, KK, Lester, Woodford. See, I don't think it's Hap or Lester. So it's, I either, think it's, K- it's either Hap or KK. You All right, we'll go KK. I trust you. There it is. KK has officially made the Cardinals wild card game roster. That is a officially. That's officially, hey, KK, sorry we didn't tell you we were taking you out of the starter role. I think there's a bench bat. It's a position player. So it's either Williams or Yepes. My guess would be. I think it's Williams. I think it would be Williams because he's an outfielder and he's got speed. But. Pinch runner. He's a lefty and he's not going to be playing over. He's not going to bat. He's on the roster to run. That's my guess. Can Yepes run? I don't know. I think he's a big guy. Well, yeah. that's really offensive. I mean, maybe he can't. He I, can, I, can beat I you in a race. I think he's. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> Be close. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you got to have that speed off the bench. I think it's Justin Williams. I'm with him. Justin Williams. Show me Williams. Mm. It's Yepes. Yep, yep, Yepes. Shoot, 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 yeah. The roster is out. Here is the final call for the roster. Your pitchers in tonight's wildcard game for the Cardinals. Henesis Cabrera from the left side. Jack Flaherty, Giovanni Gallegos, Luis Garcia, Dakota Hudson, KK, TJ McFarland, Miles Michaelis is officially on the wildcard game roster. Andrew Miller, 
Alex Reyes, Adam Wainwright, and Cody Whitley rounds out your pitchers. They are carrying 12 of them for the wild card game roster. Andrew Kisner and Yadier Molina will be your catchers available tonight on the infield. You've got Nolan Arenado, Matt Carpenter, uh, Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Rondon, Edmundo Sosa, and Juan Yepes. Yep, and in the yep, outfield, yep as ex- as expected, it is Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar, and Tyler O'Neill. So the only real surprise here, Juan Yepes has officially made the roster, and then the uh, the starter that they are carrying tonight is Miles Michaelis. And then they brought a couple of extra lefties with KK and Andrew Miller. I like that roster. I really do. I I, I don't see the point of carrying J.J. Hap. J.A. Hap, however you want to go with it. I don't see the point of carrying him because, and I understand bringing Andrew Miller because he's the veteran. He's been with you all season long. The same with KK. That's why Hap didn't make this one, and Hap might be starting for you. Um, I'm a little surprised that they didn't put Sanchez on here because I thought Kisner would have been a bench bat. Agreed. But, hey, I I would rather have a guy who I know can lay down a bunt if I need him to, and honestly, Michaelis can hit as well. And then Yepes, I mean, good for Juan Yepes. Because if I'm going Yepes or Williams, I'd rather have Yepes. Where's he rank among the guys that you potentially bring in on the right-handed side? I think last. All the way by at the bottom. He hasn't had an at-bat in the yeah. pros. I, I'm really surprised by the Yepes move, and the reason I say that is because I was with you. I thought they'd carry the third catcher so Kisner would be available, and you don't even bring a guy that has major league experience on the team. I think I could have still, if I carried Sanchez, I could have still carried Michaelis. I would have just dropped KK off the roster. So yeah. I'm a little surprised by the move of bringing up Juan Yepes. I know Justin Williams wasn't didn't look good at the plate when he was up with the team early in the year. He'd been tearing it up in Triple A, and he's got speed. I'm a little shocked that Justin Williams isn't on yeah, this roster. Yeah, but look, you got. I'm pl- not even sure he's with the team for what it's worth. You got plenty oh. of speed on this roster. Go. You got plenty of speed, and in my opinion, like I, I, I don't get not having Sanchez. But look, you're having Sanchez so Kisner can bat. If if my option now is Kisner or Yepes, I think I might go Yepes. It's worth noting Yepes does not have any splits. Like he he is actually better against right-handed pitching than against left-handed pitching this year. He has a 990 OPS against righties and a 900 OPS against lefties. Most of the relievers that are coming out of the Dodgers bullpen are right-handed pitchers. So you might even go up against a right-handed pitcher in this game, and this might have been a decision for them of do we want. Carp, Newt Bar, or Yepes going up in a big spot against a right-handed pitcher late. I think he might be your first option He's against a, a righty. 969 OPS in 111 games this year in Memphis. He's been tremendous. I mean, He's going tremendous. He's there's got a, power, There's too. a big difference from AAA to the major leagues. That's why I am shocked by that by that move. I understand that, but look, if if I'm going into a, a situation where it's crucial that you come up with a hit, wouldn't you like to have a guy that there is no scouting report on? I mean, he's just a good hitter. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I think you can make every argument that he's your best option against a right-handed pitcher late in a game. Right now, I'd still go Rondon. I'd still go Rondon right now personally. Yeah, and then I would look at... I would consider Yepes maybe second. I would still go with Newbar, Carpenter, and them ahead of him just because he has no major league experience. I, I would go Carpenter ahead of him. I wouldn't go Newbar ahead of him. I, I Honestly, before I would consider Jose Newbar... Rondon this year is batting 190 against righties. Yeah, but I don't know. He's man. playing better of late. Yeah, this last kind of, month has been good because I know his splits are not good against right, but his numbers are good off the bench, and he's been playing well of late. I, I'm still going to Yepes before Newbar though, because he has no scouting report on him other than the minors, and the pitchers don't know how that approaches, and the guy can mash. Can't, I, I am so. Let's carry this over to the other side. There is one question that I think looms large over this Yepes decision, 
and I think it is worthy of discussion as to how they constructed the roster in September. We'll talk about it coming up next here on 101 ESPN. This is exactly where you want to be listening to us. It's BK and Ferrario live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. The rosters are officially official, as you heard there in the Sports Center update. Very interesting. The Dodgers are carrying 16 position players and just 10 pitchers wow. going into tonight's game. Uh, the only pitcher other than Max Scherzer, the only starter other than Max Scherzer that will be available for them is Julio Urias, who I would not be surprised no. if he ends up coming in and giving them a couple innings at the back end of this game. He's a tremendous pitcher uh, who started for them quite a bit this year and he's um he's he's filthy you don't want to see him coming out of that bullpen if if you need to uh the news on the cardinal side of things the last four spots on the roster went to kk michaelis andrew miller and juan yepes the pitchers aren't all that surprising the dodgers struggle more against lefties than they do righties so i get taking the uh the extra left-handed bats Juan Yepes being a part of this roster is fascinating to me, Alex, for a million different reasons. One of the questions that I do have about it is if this was in play, why not call him up at some point in September? Not even for the whole thing. It didn't have to be on September 1st, but why not call him up midway through to see what he looks like? And maybe the answer is very simple. And I would love to ask um, this of John Mosellock, which, which can't. Um, but I wonder if the answer is they just wanted to get him every day at bat. So he stayed fresh and that was not obviously going to happen for him at the big league level, but I would have liked to have seen him get into a couple of key pinch hit opportunities in the regular season when the games did not have this kind of leverage at the back end of them. I am curious, are they going to be comfortable going to him in a big spot late in a game, especially against a right-handed pitcher? They don't have great left-handed bats off of the bench. He's probably your best option, statistically speaking, against a right-handed pitcher late. But do you trust a guy that's making his big league debut in a win-or-go-home scenario when you have literally never seen him take a hit or take uh, take an at-bat at the big league level? I think they would have been a lot more comfortable with that if he had been on the roster prior to October. So I'm a little surprised given this decision that they did not bring him up at any point in September. I think you said why they didn't. And that's just my assumption is because you'd rather have him hitting four or five times every single day than have him being sitting on the bench and not doing anything. Because we all know in a regular season game, Mike Schulte ain't going to Juan Yepes other than Paul DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, Jose Rondon, guys who have been there. But you're putting him on this roster because... I mean, you pretty much have to because nobody in your minor league system has been playing better than Juan Yepes this season in terms of a position player. So it's Juan Yepes or it's another pitcher that you're not going to use or it's Ali Sanchez who's only going to see time if you use Kisner, which might not even happen. Probably won't. Or Justin Williams who, look, he's got speed and he has shown the ability to play, but he's not hitting over Matt Carpenter or, just, or Lars Newbar. So this was the only option to go to here. But I think that makes the most sense to me because I understand what T-Bone said last segment that AAA is a lot different than the major leagues. And yes, it is. Max Scherzer is nothing compared to what you're seeing in the minors. But it is still guys who are one step away from the majors. And if Juan Yepes is just destroying that pitching, 
I'd be giving him a shot here in a playoff situation. He's not going to be my first choice, but he's going to be up there. I, I don't have, to, to be clear, I like the move. I'm glad that they brought him up for, for this game. I think it makes sense. You're, you're not going to use 12 pitchers in, in a wild card game. I mean, the the overwhelming likelihood is they use at most five or six tonight. I and mean, that, that's likely. Uh, maybe they end up using more than that if they get into a tough spot with Wayno early on. That's possible, but it's nearly impossible to imagine a scenario where they use 12 pitchers and they have any chance late. So that that is where I'm at with that. I'm glad they're deciding to use him and they're bringing him with them to L.A. and they're potentially going to use him tonight. I just don't know if this manager is going to use him. He's never seen him. So is he going to go to Juan Yepes over Matt Carpenter or Lars Nootbaar or Jose Rondon? Or Paul DeYoung? I think the answer is probably no. But I think he might have if he had two weeks of experience to find out what he can do in the big league level. I that, That's why I'm surprised by this. Look, if he's on the roster, I, you have to assume that internal discussions are, yeah, we're going to use this guy. Because otherwise, why not put somebody on there that you're not going to use? I hear you. I'm with you. In the heat of the moment, I think things change. And when you're in a high leverage situation Keep and you've got the Come on, <laughs> and you've got a decision to one. make as a manager, we know Mike Schilt leans to his veterans. And if you've got a righty coming out of the pen that's in this spot and you've got two on with two outs and you've got the back end of your bench that's available to you. So your best options are Matt Carpenter or Juan Yepes in that spot. I think he goes with Matt Carpenter. I think he goes to Carpenter, but if it's Lars Newtbar and Juan Yepes in that spot, I think you're going to Yepes. I don't know, man. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe. But if there had been two weeks of experience for Juan Yepes in those kinds of situations, I think it is much, much, much more likely that he goes to Juan Yepes in that. But spot. But isn't that the strategy of they don't know anything about Juan Yepes? The I mean, Dodgers the, are looking at this like this is a Triple A guy. What are we going up against here? The scouting reports are so good now in Major League Baseball. They they know they they, they can find out from their minor league scouts in a second exactly what they've seen from Juan Yepes this year but and what not, he is as a player. But it's not the same as Major League tape going up against Major League competitions where you know he strikes out against this guy at this type of but position. What's, what's more valuable, having that scouting report for the other team or for you yourself as the manager knowing what this guy's capable of in a pressure situation? And I, I lean, may, maybe your answer is the scouting report, and maybe the Cardinals' answer is the scouting report. And that that's fair. It's a, it's a different look at at it than what I have, and I, I view it as it's more important, especially with the manager that the Cardinals have, to find out what this guy can do in pressure situations, so that way they trust him to be utilized in those pressure situations in a game like this. And that's that's basically why I find the move shocking, is because you haven't seen him, and I and I'm with you because I just don't know how Mike Schultz is going to view him against the rest of the bench from a guy that you haven't seen, and that that's where I find it interesting because like. If you carry, let's just say you were to carry Sanchez instead of Yepes. Okay, I've seen Kisner get starts. I know what he can do, and now I have him as a bench bat possibility with Sanchez being the emergency catcher if need be to an injury to Yachty. Now I don't quite under. Now you don't have that, so you you eliminate Kisner as a pinch hitting pinch hitting bat. Now he's going to be the last one off your bench because more than likely you're not going to burn him yeah. in case there's an injury. So. I am very interested to see if Mike Schilt does end up using Juan Yepes because I'm not saying that I hate the move. I just find it very puzzling that you do this and bring a guy up that usually a guy like this that gets called up for his first major league game is a speedster. Yepes is not a speedster. Yepes is a 
batter that has pop that can hit the ball, but you haven't seen him. So that's yeah. why it's puzzling to but me. But he's not a guy who just has pop. He's a guy who destroyed AAA pitching this year. 969 OPS. What did you say against righties? It was 997 or 997? I mean, it's this isn't just a guy who is... This isn't Nolan Gorman where, oh yeah, he's got all this potential, but no. he's been okay against minors. This is a guy who everyone has been calling to call up since August. Right. Like, that's why I'm confused why they didn't. But I think, wouldn't you rather, if you're if you're a manager, wouldn't you rather have those at-bats? Wouldn't you rather hear the scouting report from this guy in the minors saying, look, he's, he's, he's ready for the major leagues. Okay, let's keep him that way because I don't want him to come up to this to the big leagues and sit on the bench and watch all of this and not be ready for a big-time situation. You, you mentioned, I think it was BK that mentioned it, maybe the plan was from the Cardinals of keep him in the minors so he stays ready to go. Well, and we kind of had this conversation with Lars Nooper when we got to it of if is he if he's the fourth outfielder, do you keep him up here where he's not going to every day at bats? And he's kind of struggled to come off the bench. If you view that Lars Nupar is the fourth outfielder for this team, which they seem to do in September, why was that not the plan for him? I, and th- that's kind of another thing where I'm confused by was if that was the plan all along for Yepes to stay fresh in the minors, why did you not do that for Lars Nupar as well? Because and- you could have had Tommy Edmond as the quote-unquote, fourth outfielder. And that's my question with Yepes. What's his future in this organization? Because he's a first baseman, third baseman, corner infielder who's probably going to have his future at first base. He's not going to play first base for you next year. If he's going to be up on the big league roster, his his role is very likely going to be as a bench bat. That's, that's his utilization moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future. And if that is the case, much like Newt Bar, I had no issue with him keeping him here because I think his future is probably as a fourth outfielder for the big league club. There is no starting spot available unless somebody gets hurt. So I've got no problem with him sitting on the bench and getting used to that role now. Juan Yepes, same thing. His his role next year, if he's on the big league club, is going to be what it is right now as a pinch hitting option coming off of the bench. So I, I that's what I'm confused by is if you were going to do this, it would have made more sense in my mind. You asked the question, Alex, what's more important um, coming up to the big league level and having a rare pinch hit opportunity or being down in the minors and getting those everyday at bats. For me, I would value more him being in that pinch hit role down the stretch, not for the entire season, but down the stretch. So that way we can find out how he reacts in those situations. The Cardinals obviously did not view it that way. And now we're going to find out tonight, potentially, what it looks like with him as a pinch hitting option. I I love it. I I will say, like, I know it sounds maybe like I'm a little negative on this move. I'm not. I'm so glad that they brought up Juan Yepes. It is a much better use of one of their roster spots in a game like this to have that guy on your roster. And I'm fascinated to see what he potentially brings as a late inning option. I'm just very, very curious to find out how they use him, if at all. And I, I, I'm. It adds another level of intrigue for this game between the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I also find it very interesting that the Dodgers are taking twenty or sixteen of their twenty-six roster spots on position players. They are going to play the matchup game, and I think a large part of that very well may come back to what they're doing at first base. They might go with a guy to hit and then a guy to run. Like Albert Pujols might be a late inning option as a pinch hitter, and then they're going to run for him with somebody else. That That's going to be something they're probably doing. See, with them going with 16 almost makes me wonder if they're starting Albert because then you have another guy that you can replace him with after two Maybe. at-bats. See if he has any magic with him, and then if they go to, I don't know, let's say Luis Garcia in the sixth inning, 
all right, let's pinch it and get that lefty matchup against them. The only the only reason I would go the opposite route is because maybe they're waiting for a lefty to come in from the Cardinals, as we just saw. They got they've got a of lot them. of lefty yeah. relievers available to them tonight. And if there's anybody that I want against a lefty from that roster, it's probably Albert Pujols. So they've got a lot of options, a lot of entry going into this one. If you're a fan of like managing along with the game, this is the okay. game for you. I might keep a scorecard. In <laughs> who did we who did we just talk to that I, I asked? Was it? Terry Collins or Ned Yoshua, I said, what's the most difficult part of managing a wildcard game? And he said, it's like a chess game because you're always wondering what the opposition is going to do. That's what you're going to see tonight. It might have been Collins. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. We punted on uh, more likely to happen earlier. Let's do that next. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. You give us two scenarios for this wildcard game. We'll tell you which one is more likely to happen here on 101 ESPN. What's more likely to happen? They'll figure it out. BK and Ferrario's most likely to happen. two must be nice hearing it twice oh. six five seven eight oh is the air comfort service tax slide for more likely to happen you give us two wild card scenarios we'll tell you which one's more likely tonight let's start out with this one from the 217 more likely adam wainwright goes at least eight innings or max scherzer is out of the game before the fourth inning oh eight eight plus innings for wayno or uh less than four innings for scherzer I think I might go more likely Wayno goes eight because I think it's going to be really hard to go against Scherzer. I could see this being one of those pitchers duels where each starter goes about seven. And the more we talk about and the more quotes I see how we've had the conversation, you know, how would Mike Schultz handle kind of a Garrett Cole scenario like what happened last night? I'm starting to lean more towards Mike Schultz going to see if he can get out of those kind of jams. So I could see Wayno going possibly eight today and not doing the matchups and turning to the bullpen after five or six. So I'll, I'll say that's more likely. I'm going to say it's more likely Scherzer's out of the game by the fourth. Uh, eight, eight plus innings is a lot for Wayno with that offense. But more than anything, if I'm Dave Roberts and I know that I have Julio Urias available, if, if Scherzer's got a couple run lead, like I'm going to pull him so that he's fresh if they advance because I know Urias is going to give me three innings and be lights out as well. So eight plus is a lot. So I'm going to go in favor of Scherzer and I'll say he's out of the game by the fourth. I'm with you, Alex. I think it's more likely that Scherzer's out of the game in the fourth inning because I think both of these, I, I have to believe, I have to believe going into this one that both managers are going to be incredibly aggressive with their bullpen when necessary. Is someone forcing you to believe? <laughs> I, I guess so. My goodness. And that means that it's more likely that Scherzer comes out of the game early than Wayno goes really deep in this one. If you get to the seventh inning and Wayno has done his job, it's Cabrera, Gallegos, and Reyes going into the game. Not in that order, of course. It's going to be Reyes, Cabrera, Gallegos. But if you get late into the game, whether it be matchups or they go with their big three, I think those are the final three. I, I do I do not think you'll see more of si- more than six innings from Wayno so, tonight. So I'd be really we, surprised. If mm-hmm. Wayno goes through six and he's been dealing, you get to the seventh, you're going to the pin automatically? Because, see, I, what I would do is I'd have the pin ready and the moment a guy gets on. I'd be pretty surprised if you see more than six tonight from Wayno. Uh, I think you see five and that's it. I, I think I'd probably agree with that. That's probably how I would draw it up. You, you just have so many five. good options back there now with Luis Garcia as well. I mean, you might even go Garcia over Reyes tonight in that seventh I think inning. You, I think you would. I, I think you'd have concerns about Reyes' walks. My first two guys that I'm going to right now would be Dakota Hudson and Garcia. Like, those are the two guys I'm looking at me like, I'm going to you guys immediately. Seven, eight, nine. if that's all you have left, I think I'd go Garcia, Cabrera, and Gallegos. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that'd be... Yeah, if if I need length, though, I'll go Hudson. 
one of the reasons why I wouldn't go Hudson in the seventh is just I want to start him in the DS. Yeah. Yeah, but it, if he only throws a couple of innings, you can still start him in game three of the DS. Maybe, but you might be limiting him for the DS. Yeah, yeah but too. he's not starting game one of the DS. That's John Lester. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, if you – let's – well, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, John but, Lester's you know, got game I one. Draw, I draw him up as – my, I think I had him as my number, my game two starter in the DS. Yeah, but maybe they're maybe they view Michaelis or Jay Happ as the number two starter because both guys obviously one's on the roster. But I don't see him yep. being used at all tonight. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line for more likely to happen, more likely to hit a home run tonight. Tyler O'Neill or Albert Pujols? Because he's going to get more at-bats, I'm going to say Tyler O'Neill. But I really have a gut feeling, and it's not a good one, that Pujols is going to hit a home run. I really do. But I think Tyler O'Neill's going to run into one tonight. I, I, the fact that he's going to be going up against Max Scherzer, and, and that's such a righty, heavy bullpen, I think Tyler O'Neill takes one deep. I think I'm with you. I think I'll go more likely that he homers because I think Pools is going to get one at bat. And I'm with you. I kind of have a gut feeling he's going to do something against the Cardinals. I could see Tyler O'Neill going against that Dodgers bullpen and having that big moment that we come in tomorrow talking about saying, wow, Tyler O'Neill, not only breakout season, breakout moment in the postseason. I'm with you guys. Tyler O'Neill, I think, has a chance to become a star on a national level this postseason. If he plays in the playoffs the way that he has performed really all season long, Nationally, he will be viewed as one of the most exciting players in this postseason. And I don't think right now he's at that level. I think he should be. His numbers speak for themselves. But what he's done this year is remarkable. He's going to be a top 10 uh, NL MVP candidate. If he keeps playing that way, I think you're going to see a lot of people that are super excited about the way that he plays. So I'm going Tyler O'Neill, much more likely to hit a home run in this one. Dan Albert Pools. I don't think they're going to start Pools tonight. No, I, I, I think. I think they go Bellinger at first base, play the matchup game, and then later on he gets a pinch hit opportunity. Yeah, Pujols is the pinch hitter. As soon as Mike Schilt brings a lefty in from the bullpen, there's Pujols' call. 65780 is the air comfort service text line for more likely to happen. More likely to be the first guy off of the bench for the Cardinals tonight. Matt Carpenter or Paul DeYoung? If Paul DeYoung's not starting, I think it's going to be Paul DeYoung. And I, I hate saying that because I thought Tanner was a psychopath when he said uh, Paul DeYoung is going to start. Oh. I know. But I, for how Paul DeYoung performed the last week of the season when Sosa was out, I know it's going to be righty dependent and you'll go to a lefty there. But I think Paul DeYoung is going to get that first shot. I think Carpenter is going to be the second guy off of the bench. I think I'm with you. I, I think you turned to Paul DeYoung because of his power. I I'm with you, BK. You said it earlier or yesterday when you got super excited about Matt Carpenter's walk that he might draw tonight. That he'll probably pinch it if That's it's right. the lead off an inning. Mike, but BK, I think I'm going to go Paul DeYoung. BK might lose it, T Bone, if Matt Carpenter walks tonight. I might have tonight. to silent my phone. Oh so yeah, I don't, to see I don't need chat. to see those text messages tonight. I got a Blues game to worry about. I'm going Paul DeYoung as well. I I don't think that they're going to go to Matt Carpenter unless completely necessary. I think that you'll see. The first option coming off of the bench is going to be DeYoung. I think second would be Rondon right now in in key situations. I think they'd go. I, the one that I'm really interested in is if you get to Carp, Newt Bar, and Yepes, and you're going up against a righty, what does he go with there? Did I you just, go Carp first? You think? It's the veteran, and like Katie said, it just. I'm sure Mike Schilt feels the same way we do, that he's going to come up with a big moment in a playoff where it could be the last yeah. time we see him. I think it's going to be Carp, and th- I I believe Yepes is the guy before Newt Bar. 
Yeah, I, I think that's that's the decision that is so interesting to me. I think I'm with you that he goes with Carp. I think he should probably go with Yepes in that spot, though. Yeah. Just has a more recent track record of being more productive with the bat. Doesn't Newt Bar scream to you guys pinch runner tonight? I could see it. Because I, I, I don't know would be a pinch runner for you. This team's interesting in that they don't really have a... You mentioned this earlier, Tanner. It's a really good point. They don't have a lot of guys that you would pinch run for because... Yeah, I'd be Yachty would be the only one. And, and may, I mean, you wouldn't do it because of who he is and what he means for you defensively, but the only other guy that you would even consider doing it for is Arenado. And I wouldn't He's even incredibly con- slow. I, mean, I don't look at him that way because he's such a tremendous defender, but he's one of the slowest players on the team. Yeah, but I wouldn't even consider it no. because nobody no. can play third base. Yeah, because and- you've got... Goldie is a great base runner uh Edmundo Sosa if he's starting is a gr- is incredibly sp- fast same thing for Edmund and then your entire outfield's got speed yeah. so there's just not a whole yeah, lot I think of you have four of the fastest players in our four of the top 10 fastest players in major league baseball in terms of O'Neill Bader Sosa and Dylan Carlson mm-hmm. and, and, and Edmund and the fact that he didn't carry a third catcher pretty much tells me there's nobody you're really pinch running for tonight yeah, that's where I'm at too by the way a uh, little bit of news to pass along on just logistically speaking on why they were able to add Yepes to the roster they designated Seth Elledge for assignment so that opened up the 40-man roster spot on the team for Juan Yepes Never so forget, Seth, Seth Elledge DFA'd with the Angels now. That is how they were able to get Juan Yepes onto the major league roster. Uh, with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so, Alex has a new Ferrario 5, the five most important Cardinals for this team to advance to the NLDS. We'll Allie do that Sanchez. in about 15 minutes or so. But coming up next, don't forget about the defense. That's the key for this Cardinals team. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. Giving you the picture, the real big St. Louis sports picture. It's BK and Ferrario, live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. This is the best defense I've ever played on. Um, defensive team I played on, as far as the outfielders and first baseman, obviously the greatest catcher ever. You know, just and then just our infield has just been so solid. There's no doubt that our defense is, I think, the best in the game, and I think that's going to help us in a game like this where we got to be able to cover ground and make some plays. Because uh, you know, I would assume the Dodgers, you know, hopefully not, but I would assume they're going to have good at bats. They're going to find, you know, they're going to hit the ball hard and. Uh, we got to find, find a way to stop them and make some plays. That was Nolan Arenado yesterday when asked about the defensive prowess of this team with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks. And I'm Brandon Kylie. Alex, that's the storyline for me. If the Cardinals are going to win this game, I think there's two ways most likely that it happens. When we play more likely to happen, this is the most likely way that the Cardinals that's win tonight. how we play. They play fantastic defense, make a couple of critical plays defensively that only they could make in the National League playoffs. And they get a couple of key home runs by guys like Tyler O'Neill or Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. The big bats come alive. I think that's the most simplistic formula for them to be able to win this game. But it all starts with the defense. For me, this team, and I've been saying this for a while now, it reminds me so much of those Royals teams that were able to make the run into the, in the playoffs because of what they did to the opposition. They put pressure on you at all times. They didn't strike out a whole lot. They made a ton of contact. They ran like hell, and defensively, they never made mistakes. That's how I would describe this team that we're watching right now by the Cardinals. They don't make a whole lot of mistakes on the bases, defensively, and then when you mess up, you open up that possibility for them to be able to have a big inning. 
And the Cardinals are the type of team that consistently takes advantage of that over the last two months or so. So for me, don't lose sight of the defense in this game. The Dodgers are not particularly great defensively. They've got a couple of individual very good defenders, but as a team, they're not great. And the Cardinals on the other side are by far the best defense in baseball. What will be interesting is what the Dodgers decide because if Chris Taylor's in center field and Bellinger goes to first, uh, I think that's their best play defensively because Chris Taylor's a really good outfielder and Bellinger, of course, a good outfielder, but he's their best option at first base. You're right. I mean, I remember going back to the game that I was in attendance for at Bush Stadium when it was Cards-Dodgers, and the Cardinals won that game with Wayno on the mound because of the middle infield. It was Sosa and Tommy Edmond, and I mean, they robbed a couple of plays from Trey Turner, Corey Seager. That's what it's going to come down to here. But I think the more important role in this one in terms of defense is going to be your three outfielders. For how great they have been, they're going to be the ones that are going to get tested. I saw a video uh, yesterday when they were wor- uh, working out on the field you know, Harrison Bader was throwing baseballs off the uh, the uh, outfield wall and t- playing the scoop and throw. Yeah. That's where it's going to be because if if the Dodgers are offensively good this game, which we expect them to be, they're going to be plays in the outfield. Are they diving plays that Harrison Bader steals on? Is it going to be Tyler O'Neill making those plays at the wall like we saw him make in Dodger Stadium earlier this season? Or are they going to be throws to second base like Dylan Carlson's made? The, the three outfielders, that's where the often or that's where the defense is going to come up big in this game tonight, I believe. Adam Wainwright was asked about this yesterday, the trust that he has in this Cardinals defense. Here's what he had to say about it. I don't think I've played on a team that's this talented on the defensive side of the ball. I just uh, our outfield is certainly the, the, the fastest that I've ever been a part of. It covers the most ground, good jumps, good reads, you know, diving plays all year long for me. We got Cole Glovers everywhere in the infield. I mean, our, our defense is special. I mean, there's just no way of, you know, getting around that. We have incredible defenders, and why would you not trust those guys? 65780 is your comfort service tax line to get involved in the show from the 314. The uh, praise is pouring in from all directions. How does BK have such great insights? Defense and home runs. That's how the Cardinals win. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Listen, man, like sometimes the game doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it out to be. That's how the Cardinals have been winning. If you wanted me to distill it down into two things that they've done really well over the last month, they've played fantastic defense and they've hit more home runs than they have at any other point in the season. And really they, they hit home runs at a rate unlike anybody else in baseball. Well, and you're forgetting one element month. though to win. It's pitching good. Well, yeah, but the defense is a huge part of that. Well, you can't have defense if you don't have good pitching. Okay. Um, regardless, the, the defense is a huge component of what the Cardinals have done over the last two months and really all season long. And that's so critical in a game like this because you're going to have to take hits away from the Dodgers. What you heard from Arenado coming into this segment, he's absolutely right. They're going to hit the ball hard. And it's a matter of whether or not the Cardinals are able to take away hits that other teams can't. I saw a compilation of all of the hits that Trey Turner has had in his career against Adam Wainwright. He's like a 500 hitter against Wayno in his career. And as I was watching it, I think half of them would have been taken away by this outfield. The outfield that they had previously a couple of years ago, yeah, they they dropped in for hits. Against this outfield, I don't think they would have. And that's the difference for this Cardinals team. The athleticism that they have in particular with Bader and O'Neal in the outfield, man, good luck. Good luck hitting stuff over their head. Good luck. That's a a good point. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, we're talking about, you know, they hit the ball hard. You're going to have to make those plays. Usually when Wayno gets beat up, it's usually not because he's getting hit hard. It's because he's getting hit softly and you get those balls that – happen to fall into that Bermuda Triangle, those are probably going to be the plays that define tonight's game against Adam Wainwright. If 
if Adam Wainwright gets hit hard, then yeah, it's probably over. But if he's going to be hit and it's going to be like the very first start he had on the year against the Cincinnati Reds where you have Moustakis getting hit on a 30-mile-an-hour dribbler down the third baseline because of the shift, that's the kind of plays that somehow the Cardinals are going to have to find a way to make. If they can't make those plays, then the pressure gets on Wayno, pressure gets on the offense, and you can start to see that effect that builds up and possibly leads to a loss. You're able to make a play like Arnauto running towards the tarp and makes a catch and falls over it. Right there is the moment where you can say, okay, that's the turning point. They were able to make that play that probably shouldn't have been made, and now the Dodgers are going, oh, man, what do we got to do to get to Wayno? And the uh, the other side of that is also possible for the Dodgers. If they don't make that play and you you have to throw a few more pitches as a result, Danny Mack always says this on the broadcast, that tends to, especially if it's going up against Arenado, uh, O'Neal, or Goldie, those tend to result in something good for the opposition. Uh, the other element, too, for me, especially, and I didn't even think of bringing this up uh, from what we saw last night in the Yankees-Red Sox game, it's going to come down to base running. I mean, if you make one bad move like the Yankees did where you sent Aaron Judge and get tagged out at home plate, and I know Ned Yost doesn't believe in momentum, but that's momentum, man. And, I mean, you can steal it away, and the Cardinals have been such good base runners this season. That's where I think the Cardinals can exploit the Dodgers in the base running. Because if you get Justin Turner trying to take an extra base, if you get Albert Pujols or Cody Ballinger trying to take an extra base, Cardinals have the upper hand there. It's winning on the margins. It's all the it's all the small things, right? You, you hear football all coaches, small <laughs> dude. You are you are struggling <laughs> That's today. That's not a song. It is. Oh my god. Uh, it, it's football coaches. A lot of the time, will talk about how it's the penalties, it's the special teams, it's the little stuff that a lot of fans don't pay attention to sometimes that they harp on more than anything else, right? And for the Cardinals. It's the base running. It's the defense. It's making sure situational hitting wise, you're getting into the right situation. Like it's, it's all of these small things that they've been winning. They've been winning on the margins in recent weeks. And if they're able to do that against the Dodgers, those small things become really big. And maybe they lead to a run here, a run there. Suddenly you've got three in the game because you hit a solo home run. And by also playing fantastic defense, the Dodgers are at two and you get to the ninth inning. You're like, Oh my God, like we, we really are about to win this thing and head to the NLDS. That's how they've got to do it. Um, the one other thing that I wanted to bring up, you mentioned the game last night, Alex, yeah. a lesson to be learned from that one. It's also the way that the Red Sox pitched to the Yankees. They didn't give them anything to nibble with. They were attacking from start to finish. They attacked the strike zone and against the Yankees. That is highly important because they're more than happy to take their walks. Last night, you know how many times they walked, Alex? The Yankees? Two. Zero. Big old goose Zero walks in the game. I was two away. The Red Sox threw 113 pitches and 85 of them went in for strikes. They threw a first pitch strike to 25 of the 32 batters that they faced. They struck out 11, walked zero. The Cardinals are going to walk zero tonight, most likely. There's probably going to be one at some point. But if you can consistently throw strikes, you use that defense behind you, you run the base as well, as Alex says, you're winning on all of the margins, and that could lead to a win in the end of the game for the Cardinals. It's it's not an easy formula, but when you're when you're overmatched in terms of the talent level, and they are, that that's how you've got to do it in a game like this. Usually baseball reference, when you look at them, they have the box score and they'll have the top five plays that'll show you the like the biggest, I think it's the biggest shift in win probability. Win probability yeah. 
usually that's something like a home run or a single that drives in two. Tonight it's going to be five plays that you don't really think are that big until we get to the end of the game. And that's going to determine the outcome of this one, I believe. That's Alex Ferrario. He's Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up next, I've been looking forward to this all day long. It's the latest Ferrario 5, the five most important Cardinals for this team to advance to the NLDS. Alex has it for you next on 101 ESPN. You're listening to BK and Ferrario. It's time for the Ferrario 5, a top five list of very random things. So, Ferrario, give us your top five. BK, are you saying I need to re- read the room a little bit better? No, that's cool, man. You didn't like that? Do we need more love music? BK's a little like, upset. Apologies. A little Michael Bolden about. might be good for this one. All right, okay. number five on this list, boys. We talked about him earlier. Think he's going to be huge in this one. Fifth best, in my opinion, Tommy Edman. I'm looking for Tommy Two Bags to start this one off against Max Scherzer. And if you talk about importance, I'm going with a switch hitter at the top of the order, right before your one, two, three punch of Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado. Keep the line moving. Tommy Edmond is going to be a big factor into this one tonight. He feels like an X factor to me in this one. He does. Nationally, I can't imagine there are a whole lot of people that are having conversations about Tommy Edmond today. They should be yeah. uh, four for nine with a double and a home run against Max Scherzer in his career. He's wow. the only Cardinal that is expected to be in the lineup tonight that has a home run in his career against Scherzer. Yeah, I think a lot of people are down on Tommy Evan. You know, we put that audiogram out earlier when we did the guy who was underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people respond to it saying, like, how's he underappreciated? He wasn't that good this season. Look, it may not have been the best year, but he played 159 games for you. And he was critical for your run. And I think he's going to be critical if you want to win this wild card game tonight. Number four on this list. Uh, guys might be surprised that it's low, but Tyler O'Neill's number four. Because as crucial as Tyler O'Neill is, I think he's just a piece of the puzzle because he's the middle of that threat. But I'm looking at above him. I'm looking at below him. Tyler O'Neill's that centerpiece there. Home run threat. But I don't know if he's going to be top three for me. So Tyler O'Neill's number four on this one. I think he is still going to be critical in the defense. I think he's going to be really critical in left field. We saw that game against the Dodgers where he made the catch at the wall. He and Harrison Bader can make catches at the wall for you, which you might be doing tonight. And then the speed of Tyler O'Neill is crucial. Number three, boys. It's two guys, but it's going with the shortstop position. No, hey, calm down here. Calm down here. What's up? What's wrong? BK, I'm not talk to me. Has an issue. It's the five Cardinals, and you made it six. No, it's not six. You've got a tandem pairing here. You're no, a tandem hey, pair. Down. You're known for sitting on the fence over there, so Thank it's you, fine. T-bone. It's our daily sitting on the T-bone. fence segment. We get a fence finally on Friday. I'm very excited about that. You mean for the show? Nope, for my house. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. You had to pay for that. that anyway, does. shortstop position's number three here, and it comes down to whoever starts. Okay. I, I If it's Paul DeYoung. So, Mundo Sosa. I'm writing down Sosa's name. I'll start with Paul DeYoung. If it's Paul DeYoung, your offense better be stellar in this one. And if they play Paul DeYoung, it's because the matchups with Max Scherzer and the numbers he's posted, kind of like what you said with Tommy Edmond. If it's Edmundo Sosa, it's going to come down to defense because I would have expected some gold glove plays at shortstop, like Nolan Arasato said. You got to make some big plays with those hard hit balls. So shortstop position is number three for me. Whoever is going to be starting at that spot, he is going to be the third most important player. Paul DeYoung. Young. So this is why I had Tyler O'Neill number four. Number two on this list is Paul Goldschmidt. Because Paul Goldschmidt in the middle of Tommy Edmond, if he can beat Tommy two bags, and Tyler O'Neill with the home run threat that we have seen, Paul Goldschmidt becomes crucial. Because 
if they don't want to pitch to Goldschmidt because they think that they can get Tyler O'Neill, well, guess what? You just put two guys on for your possibly best hitter in the last month of the season. And if they do pitch to him, he's going to make Max Scherzer pay. Paul Goldschmidt, I think, is going to be very critical in this game tonight. I'll even go out on a limb here, boys. Paul Goldschmidt with a home run tonight. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely. You want to put a six-pack on it? No. You want to put Matt Carpenter's money on it? He knows me a lot. So Paul Goldschmidt, number two on this list. And then number one, it's pretty evident here, guys. Adam Wainwright. If you want to win this game, it's going to come down to Wayno giving you five, six, or seven innings. And it's going to come down to him to keeping it to one run or less. It's going to be coming down to him not putting guys at second base and runners in scoring position. No walks. Wayno is going to be the most critical player in this game tonight if the Cardinals want to win. Can I give you my five? Sure, I didn't know we were doing BK and Ferrari. BK's uh, five. Well, you can't do a T-Bone 10. No, you can't. Yeah, let's do T-Bone 10. We do a T-Bone 10. You can do a BK's tire roster. Number five, Nolan Arenado. You didn't even have Nolan Arenado on I your didn't list. Have Arenado and on and this, this is not a shot at your list. I think it shows you how many guys are going to be significant contributors I mean, tonight look, if the Cardinals want to take down the Dodgers. Freaking everybody on this roster. Uh, number four, Goldie. I'm with you of his importance. Number three, Tyler O'Neill for me. I think his defense is going to be critical in the outfield. It's the only thing for me that puts him over Goldie. I'll give you number one, Wayno. Wait, why did you? Oh, you skipped two because it's Mike Schill. Oh, gosh. Got a player. I didn't say players. Yes, you did. I said the five most important Cardinals for this team to advance to the NLDS. Doesn't matter anymore. I thought you threw something at me for a second. (laughs) Mike Schilt is absolutely a top three most important Cardinal tonight for this team to advance to the NLDS. He has to push (laughs) every right button. What? I'm sorry. I love listening to this cutthroat hard analysis radio with your super exclusive list again. The nine most important players on the field for the Cardinals. Hey, BK went with Mike Schultz. That's a pretty yeah, good one. On field, I didn't even give you a player. I went off the board here. You know what? Can I change my list? Mike Maddox is number one. Give me Jeff Albert. No, he doesn't matter. They How don't about Joe to West? Him. Oh, yes. By the way, I believe he's behind home plate for a uh, wild card sucks. game. <laughs> big advantage Cardinals. Big advantage Cardinals. For Why that is that? See, I think big advantage Dodgers. Show me the now data. Scherzer has a bigger zone. Show me the data. He has a massive strike zone. And if you don't think Adam Wainwright is going to take advantage of that, I got a bridge to sell you. Like that, that dude is going to be all over the place tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be Did a lot of fun to watch from the eight one two. Now, I don't know if this is fact or not. Maybe he looked at the data or she looked at the data. Wayno with Joe West behind the plate, a career 1.27 That's ERA. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, game set match Cardinals. Thanks, Joe Cowboy West. Yeah, I I'm can't listen, wait. I'm going to listen to him, his uh, country album on the way home today. You really don't have to do that to Why? yourself. That's how you get ready for the game. It's all right, man. Cowboy Joe West. You love cowboy music. I- do I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jason Aldean, you sang a song the other day about it. Chilling on a dirt road. It's the only one <laughs> I know. Is that how you <laughs> think the Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. <laughs> hey, attention to Scott Air Force Base. Join the Fast Lane next Thursday, October the 14th, for a special military appreciation live broadcast. It's going to be 2 to 6 o'clock their normal time for service members, their families, and anyone currently on base. It's a special Fast Lane military appreciation live broadcast Thursday from 2 to 6 o'clock at Scott Air Force Base. It's all brought to you by Budweiser and Air Comfort Heating 
and cooling. I will say this. I'm very hopeful that next Thursday they are doing that show in preparation for Game 5 of the NLDS. Well, I don't know why you even use the word hopeful. You're just assuming the Cardinals are going to the World Series. Uh, I should probably be assuming that the series is going to be over at that point. Cardinals heading to yeah, the Yeah, 3 nothing sweep over the Coming Giants. Coming up next, we'll talk to the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. This is exactly where you want to be listening to us. It's PK and Ferrario, live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk to the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Curbs, are you excited to watch the Cardinals ace on the mound tonight go up against Albert Pujols, who looked good down the stretch for the Dodgers? I absolutely am, and I can promise you that while we are doing the game from Minnesota, we will have that game on on a side TV in the booth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Curbs, how many of those have you been through in your career calling games to where the start of the hockey season and it's been big-time Cardinal playoff moments? Oh, plenty of them. Shoot, over the last 20 years, plenty of them. So you kind of you keep it on, and you know during a stoppage of play, you check out the score during the intermission. You, you, know, you watch it. We're fans like everybody else is, right? So I'm excited about it. I actually, and I love how you said the ace. Remember back in June, I had a bunch of people when I said the Adam Wainwright was the ace of the staff, and they told me to stick to hockey. So, uh, but, but I, like, I think this is just a spectacularly great story, and it has been one to follow. Not just, you know, the, the Cardinals push to get into the playoffs, the 17-game streak, but really early on in the season, how many games that Adam Wainwright stepped up, led the team, uh, you know, pulled out a win, you know, pulled out the pitching performance you needed, even if it wasn't a win to spell the bullpen. Whatever it is, and now here it is in a one-game situation. He's your go-to guy, and and I think that that has just been an awesome story to follow all the way all, all along. And and just uh, I don't know, it feels right. It feels like the way it should be. So I, I can't wait to see, it, and I hope he has some great success tonight. Curbs, I know none of us know what's going to happen tonight, and this could influence the way that we talk about this comparison tomorrow, much less a week from now. But in terms of the vibe around the team, the feeling as we are watching the games, does it remind you at all of this Cardinals run to what we saw from the Blues back in 2019? You know what? I, I uh, About two hours ago, I had a, a phone conversation with John Rooney, and we were talking about the feeling around the Cardinals right now. And he went to their on-field practice yesterday, obviously, at Chavez Ravine. And I I said, well, how was the team? And he he said, man, they're really loose. He goes, they're they're, they're playing games. Not not Pepper, I don't know what they call it nowadays, but, you know, they're slinging the ball around. He goes, there's a real feeling of of looseness and and, and connected. Like, Like, what me worry? Like, we've been playing so well. The confidence that you can feel when you're around the team. And that's something that that I felt, you know, very much so. And Alex uh, can back this up during that 2019 Blues run. You could have a tough moment, the hand pass game, or even some other moments that not as not as glaring as that one. And when you got around the team, it calmed you down because in the room they were confident. In the room, there was an attitude of "We've got this." And to hear John Rooney kind of describe that same exact feeling when he was around the team yesterday. It, it, it's very similar. And that, that's the way you, you kind of need to be. I mean, if you're looking at it, you look at Max Scherzer's comments yesterday, 
right? When somebody says, you know, are, are you bummed that you're in this situation? He goes, no, we didn't win the division. You don't win the division, you're in the wild card. There's no crying in baseball. Well, that's a very different attitude than the Cardinals who are saying, man, we're thrilled to be in this wild card game and we're going to go out there and see how the chips fall. And, and, those are two different psychological states that could play a role in tonight's game. Yeah, I can't wait for this one tonight, Curbs. And on the hockey side, look, it's preseason action, but it is somewhat of a significant game for a lot of these guys as none of the top nine players are going to be that played last night in this game tonight against Minnesota. Uh, this really does seem like that it's uh, the last opportunity for guys to impress the coaching staff before some roster decisions. Yeah, it is, and I haven't had a chance to really get deep into who Minnesota is going to be playing. But you got to figure Minnesota is going to have, because you tend to do this on the home games, more of those veteran players, Alex. So I still think you're looking at the same bubble guys, to be honest with you, that, that, that we were looking at last night. You know, so while Jake Neighbors will not be in this one, I would expect Jake to play in Friday's game. I thought Jake, he was, there were some smart veteran level patient type plays that he made on that line yesterday with O'Reilly and Perron that really jumped off the page at you. Um, Dakota Joshua is going to be in the lineup tonight. Logan Brown's going to be in the lineup tonight. You know, you could still see uh, Miko and Perunovic again. I mean, those, those are the guys, you know, Costin that are going to have an opportunity to make one more impression. Look, there's a spot or two to be had and you've got to go ahead and convince Doug Armstrong, right? that you deserve that spot because you're in the organization, you're already under contract, and frankly, you're at a pretty good rate if you're one of those younger guys, and you deserve to be there before a James Neal. right? You want to convince Doug Armstrong that you don't need to sign a guy like that because I can bring what you need to the table. Now James Neal is going to play tonight. James Neal has had a fantastic camp. There's no doubt in my mind that James Neal has played enough of a style of game to at least give the team some thought process of, hey, should we sign this guy? You know, and add, continue to add some veteran depth to the team because we know that he can score. So those guys have to step up tonight. I agree with you, Alex. It could be the last hurrah for them. And even, and again, keep this in mind. Even if you don't make the opening night roster and you get sent down to Springfield, you still are playing for, I want to be the first call-up. I want to leave the last big impression because you know injuries will happen and you know call-ups will happen, especially in a compressed schedule. So this is a big game for a lot of those guys. Final question that I've got for Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues. And by the way, Blues versus Wild pregame coverage right here on 101 ESPN tonight, beginning at 6 o'clock with Alex Ferrario. Curbs, the, the two spots that I may be most interested in going into the first game of the season are A, who's on the line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, and B, who is the final defenseman that they end up carrying, uh, that sixth guy on the on the ice in that first game. Who do you think are the favorites right now for those two spots? I tend to think that, the, to me, those those two spots right now are Jake Neighbors and uh, the defenseman's tough. Um, I, I, I think I think Nico Mikola, I, I just think the size and what he can bring there. So if Nico Mikola is in the mix, it, it then comes down to – I, I just believe that the Blues know exactly what they have in Jake Wallman, what they saw in the 26 games that he played last year, right, and, and what he can bring. I think there's a little added level of confidence. My gut tells me that even, even 15, 20 games in the American Hockey League would probably be a good thing for Scott Perunovich, you know, just to get more of those competitive games under the belt and then, and then get a call-up. Plus, you have options without waivers for Perunovic to go down you don't have with Wallman, right? So this is asset management at the same time. 
But to me, I think Jake Neighbors has earned a look in some regular season games to see how he could handle it. And, uh, and they can control his playing time. They control what games he's in to put him in a position to be successful. And then, uh, and then I, I, think, I think Wallman, in me, in my opinion, just gets a little bit of an edge right now. You know, and, and I haven't talked to the, the, the team about this yet, but I just like the asset management aspect of it, which to me puts him in the lead a bit. Two more opportunities for him to show out. You've got tonight's game against Minnesota, and then you will see them on Friday night against the Blue Jackets. Curbs, we appreciate the time as always, man. Looking forward to the call tonight, Blues versus Minnesota. All right, fellas, have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you there next week. Absolutely, same to you. That's Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we'll cross things over the fast lane here on BK and Ferrario. Time now for the crossover on 101 ESPN. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Hey, how about this surprise for you? 101 ESPN right now has your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Jason Aldean this Saturday night, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, bringing us back in the saddle 2021 tour to St. Louis. Tickets on sale now, but here is your chance to win a pair right here on 101 ESPN. If you are texture number 50 in favor of Adam Wainwright, and you know the song that Tanner played earlier today, the song that Tanner played earlier today, and you were texture number 50 at 65780 you are the winner of a pair of tickets to see jason aldean crossing things over with the fast lane we've got brad thompson in studio bt what's going on man how you doing i'm doing great uh was it touch myself by the by the vitals not this time that was last week okay i've sang that song live uh on these airwaves before good I don't even think I lost a bet. I think I just sang it. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Here. I could see how that would take place. Yeah. By the way, T Bone, you look nice. Thank you. you. Look very nice today. T Bone's uh, dressed up like Tanner's a officially full time. Yeah. As you of gotta today, gotta wear the role now. Is that what the uh, is that what the yeah. get up is? Yeah. Because generally, when I say that to people, they they oftentimes went to a funeral, and then I'm <laughs> no, the joke. No way, nobody's dead. Yeah. Nobody's okay. Dead. Good. 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 Well, 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 somebody probably is, somebody. but it's not somebody that you went to their funeral. Would say yeah. thoughts and prayers to whoever yeah. you you uh, lost. He got an interview earlier this morning for a side gig potentially, and he uh, he's full time here. He is gainfully employed. Which I'm very Look at proud you, of. All grown up, T Bone. Oh, now I just got to get the apartment thing figured out. Now you'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. It'll be fine. It'll He's be skipping fine. that. He's going to buy a house. He's got the midday it money. It sounds now. a lot easier than I'm going sure. through apartment complexes. I'm sure. All seriousness, very happy for you. You do Thank a great you. job. So pumped up to have you full time around here. Thank you. BT, I'm very excited to listen to the fast lane yesterday. I was doing some yard work yesterday and I, I listened to basically your guys' entire show. It was yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Um, what do you guys have coming up today? Well, we're going to obviously be wall to wall with uh, Cardinals, and we're going to try to hit it from some different aspects. Like I'm very interested today. Uh, 2.30, we're going to have uh, Philly's right-hander Kyle Gibson. He's going to join us. G- Gibby faced uh, the the Dodgers. He's faced the White Sox this year. He's faced a little bit of everybody. Yeah. So Gibby's going to join us at 2.30. Uh, we're going to have Izzy on. So you're going to talk about starting a game. Let's talk about closing a game Love as it. well. And then Matt Holiday's going to bump up his, uh, his hit. He's usually with us on Fridays. But we figured... 
with the occasion being what it is and a guy that has faced Max Scherzer before and has played in the playoffs plenty, we should get his take too. So we're going to try to hit this from a few different angles, bat it around and see if we figure it out. I love it. I can't wait for all of that. I did want to ask you, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about the Juan Yepes decision coming up yeah, today, man. but are you excited to potentially see him or what, what if you were, let me take you back actually. Okay. I'm going to put you in your rookie shoes. You have, it's your MLB debut. Now imagine that instead of wherever that was, you're in the playoffs at that specific stadium uh-huh. in a win or go home scenario. How's Brad Thompson feeling around one fifty-five central time? What four plus hours before the game? Maybe a little tight. Maybe feeling a little tight at that point. A little nervous. A little anxious. But here's the thing about like the, the role of being in a bullpen or the role uh, of a pinch hitter. At least you're not thinking about it the entire time. Like, sure. like you're trying to walk through it. You're you're digging in. Okay, well, I was not expecting to dig into Scherzer. <laughs> I thought I was going to be looking at the Arizona Fall League, some of the guys that are out there. But, dude, there are going to be nerves for sure. But with the year that Juan Yepes had, I thought Yepes should have been up in September. And I'm really surprised. And I, I wonder if we'll hear more about what went into that decision, why they ended up doing it. But having another bat just made sense. You don't need 13 pitchers for the wild card game. You don't. If you do, you lost that game. So, I mean, this makes sense. It provides some pop off the bench, certainly with the 27 home runs that he ended up hitting. And it's a guy, he's a high on base guy, too. And I heard you guys talking about him earlier. Good against righties, good against lefties. I mean, he does a little bit of everything for you. And I wonder how quickly they would go to him. Because if you if you care enough to put him on the roster and you believe in him enough to put him on the roster, well, then you better believe in him enough to go to him at a spot that you think is a good one. And I wonder if he might end up being your second right-hander off the bench. We're going to find out tonight. I can't wait, man. There are so many different intriguing potential decision points in this game that I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to hear you guys break it down from 2 to 6. I do want to say we got the official ratings in for the summer book. And for the midday show, you guys stuck with us. Uh, through what has been a adventurous 18 months or so here on the station since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it's the best ratings that I can remember for the midday show since I've been here. We got a 10 share, which is a, a really cool milestone for us. So a huge thanks to all of you that have stuck with us through all of this time because I'm not kidding when I say this, we literally cannot do our job without you guys listening. You make all of what we do possible. So huge thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully tomorrow we're talking about a Cardinals victory. Looking forward to that tomorrow at 11. The fast lane coming up next from 2 to 6 right here on 101 ESPN. Show me Williams. It's Yepes. Yep, yep, Yepes. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.